was AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. very much for joining us right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for May 11th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always, joined by my very good friend from Chicago, Jesse. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How you feel, bro? I'm doing good, bro. How you feeling tonight? How how you feeling tonight seeing a uh, demolition derby in the main event, man? Holy shit. What a show, man. I know. It was a great show tonight. I thought uh, AEW kicked this thing off in grand fashion. The Owen Cup, man, was the center of dynamite tonight. And we got some damn good wrestling matches out of it. Adam Cole advances to the next round of the tournament. Jeff Hardy pulls off what I think is an upset here. I was going with Darby and Adam Cole. Looks like we're getting Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole Maybe a little something going on there with the Hardys and the Undisputed Elite going into double or nothing. So I could see why Tony Khan went one way instead of the other way in which the fans expected it to be. And then Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, the ladies got things started off tonight as well. Tony Storm advances to the second round of the Owen Cup, man. And then MJF, holy shit. Now, you were right again, man. Listen, I'm not going to doubt you again on this uh, MJF in in, uh, in AEW on Long Island anymore, man. Guy's a fucking uh, hometown hero here. Dude, the the town of Long Island is just heel. I guess so. That's all it is. CM, and they, and they hate certainly, and, certainly think so. Yeah, and they hate Chicago. Did you hear the fucking, the, the fuck your pizza chants? I did not hear those. <laughs> I did not hear those chants. Man. We didn't even do anything to them, man. What the hell's wrong with them? I, I don't know. I, well, I, I, I agree with Long Island, man. Fuck you, pizza. Oh, my God. I, I agree with Long Island, man. Chicago let me pizza you, sucks. Man. Let, me tell you, let me tell you something, bro. Anyone that lives on Long Island is a complete fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Why? You understand what I'm saying, bro? Why, 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 why do you say that? I'm, did you see them tonight? Listen, bro, you want MJF to come after you now. Bro, anybody we, already got, lives, we already got Julia Hart and Thunder Rosa. You, you want MJF to come after you now? Anyone who lives on Long Island should be ashamed of themselves. Okay, bro. okay, there you go. Let's, look at this guy. He's already, he's already, uh, he's already starting shit already today. We're not even on the air for five minutes yet. Anyway, thank you guys so very much for joining us on Off the Script, Jesse. We're going to start at the top here. Major stories coming out of AEW today. Number one, there was a buy-in match that was announced. For Double or Nothing, might as well get this out there because it was a part of the show tonight. It will be Hookhausen. They are now a pairing. And I guess this excites everybody. It will be Hook. Where are my hookers at in the chat? Hook and Danhausen versus Mark Sterling and Tony Nese. 
at double or nothing during the buy-in. What do you think of this little segment tonight between uh, between Tony Nice and Danhausen? Man, Danhausen got fucking buried tonight, squashed. But uh, I don't know why. I was looking forward to seeing what he is capable of in the ring. Jesse texts me and says that Danhausen is one of the worst pro wrestlers he's ever seen step into the ring. And I'm thinking it may be some lingering injuries. He may not even be 100% yet. Um, good thing for you. I have my text pulled up. Bro, listen, man. I, I, listen, you, 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 you asked Dan Housen to curse me I can, bro, on social I media. Can, I can, I can screen share my text messages. Do you want me to do that? You, you asked Dan Housen to curse me and Thunder Rosa of all fucking people. Right. But I don't remember saying that Dan Housen was the worst I've ever seen. Uh, listen, I, I listen, whatever the case may be, uh, this Should was I, a, should I screen share my JD from NY text thread? No, no. Let, let, let's move on. Nope. Let's move on with the show. Okay. Uh, wh- what do you think of it? What do you think of this match to, uh, that's taking place at the buy-in? I mean, it's a nice little innocent match. I thought we were getting Hook versus uh, Tony Nisa at the pay-per-view, which I kind of uh, was feeling myself. I thought that was the way to go, but looks like we're getting this tag team match, man. What do you see coming out of that? Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, originally, I, I didn't like it, and I kind of still don't like it. You know, but I'm kind of with you in the boat of um, it's harmless and it gives um, Hook something to do as far as storyline goes without having him too invested in the show. So I guess I'm OK with it. The only the only thing, though, is that it's just there's only one person in this entire match that really matters mm-hmm. as far as wrestling goes. And that's so you know what I'm saying. So it's like it's like Hook is surrounded by three guys who have a job of making Hook look good. Well, let's not take anything away from Tony Nese. I mean, he, Tony Nese is fantastic. I'm not, and, and, I'm, like, I'm not taking give, anything give from anything, him. I give anything to have a tenth of an ab like Tony. Nese. Oh no, I'm not taking anything from him. But who are we kidding? What is his purpose in this match? To make his Hook purpose look good. in this match is to show off his uh, sixteen pack abs. Wrong, 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 wrong. He gets yes, the his same job to put over as, Hook. As, yes. It's Mark Sterling and Danhausen. So I went back and looked at some Danhausen wrestling just to just to get a gauge of what we're dealing with here. And we've seen Danhausen's strengths. I don't want to say that I don't want to see him on TV. Um, I do want to see him on TV as much as I mean, as much as it's needed, it's fine. But he's just not a great wrestler. That's all. So you're saying he's less than adequate in the ring? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that would go for the majority of the people too. I think I think he's all act and uh, not much uh, as far as uh, a bell to bell type of guy. Yeah, I mean, look, he's not terrible. He's not bad. He's not somebody that's out there embarrassing, you know, the business. No, but he's L- not. L- listen, he- is is he worse? Is he worse than Dana Brooke? No. Is he worse than Omos? No. Okay. No. So he's not. No. He's not that bad. No, put it like this. I, I think this is a good way to put it because it's hard to say how bad he is without burying him. Because I don't want to, I don't want to bury him as far as in ring goes. But let's put it like this: his in ring ability is not as good as his gimmick. No, that's understandable. I could, pro- I could have probably told you that if I'd never seen one Danhausen match. Yeah, because his gimmick is over as fuck. His yeah. gimmick is fantastic. His wrestling is nowhere near that level. Yeah. Well, I mean, this match is going to do uh, everything that it needs to for Hook, and I think this is going to sell a lot of merchandise. Tony Khan's using Dan Housen in a way where it's, you know, basically, like you said, to his strengths. He's selling a lot of merch. He's making Tony Khan, let's put it this way, he's, he's, he's making his return on his investment with Dan He Housen. is making yeah. money. He is definitely making money 
off of Dan House. Yes. And that's going to be a big deal. Hook and Dan House are now going to sell tons of those T-shirts. I think everybody kind of knows that. And we're going to have this tag team match at uh, the buy-in for Double or Nothing. So that was announced tonight. That was not the only announcement oh. that Tony Khan made. I'm sorry, Jesse. You want to add oh, something? This, yeah, this is awesome. Vendelli disagrees. He says that he thinks Dan Housen is a good wrestler. So I feel great because he thinks Abaddon is a good wrestler too. Well, listen, man, let's not let's not throw shade at Vandelli. Come on, Vandelli's a VIP here, bro. I love Vandelli, man. I, I know. I love Vandelli. Listen, he Vandelli, don't listen to this geek, okay? Come on. Oh. Just, just keep drinking your fucking uh, your, uh, peanut butter whiskey, bro. Mm. Don't mind this clown. Um, moving on, Jesse. This is not the only announcement Tony Khan had made today. He was on Busted Open Radio. There were two major announcements from Bossman TK. AEW is returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium in September for Grand Slam. This is major news. Last time we saw Grand Slam, we saw an absolute epic between Brian Danielson and then AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. The promotion had over 20,000 fans in attendance in Queens. That's the highest paid non-WWE event since July 5th, 1999. That was an episode of WCW Nitro at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. The fabled night, I believe, when uh, Goldberg beat Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Championship. All Elite Wrestling also held a Grand Slam special uh, edition of Rampage that same week on Friday that uh, saw CM Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs in the ring. While speaking with News 12 Long Island, AEW President Tony Khan confirmed that Grand Slam will be returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium later this year, but he did not provide a date. I think we are all under the assumption it will be in September. He says this, and I quote, Yes, I expect we'll be back to have AEW Grand Slam Dynamite and Rampage in Queens at Arthur Ashe Stadium again. It was a huge success for everyone involved, and it's all thanks to this great partnership with the USTA they were so kind, and I think it resulted in a big partnership. It was almost the first million-dollar gate in AEW history, and, you know, that was then. Now AEW has a million-dollar gate with Forbidden Door. They have a million-dollar gate with Double or Nothing. They will continue to have million-dollar gates for their pay-per-views because Tony Khan's done a great job at building up these major shows to be incredible, huge, important dates for AEW. So... That was almost a million-dollar gate. Obviously, we talked about uh, the, the rest of the shows happening this year. We will be back, and it will be another hopeful big success going back to Queens for AEW Dynamite Grand Slam and Rampage later this year in 2022. Jesse also said, I believe was on Busted Open, that All Out might not be taking place in Chicago because Forbidden Door is happening in Chicago at the end of June, the Chicago dates may be a, a conflicting one for Tony Khan, or he just feels like it's time to move on for All Out this year because of Forbidden Door, maybe move it somewhere else. So those are the two major announcements by Tony Khan today. That, that's, that's huge stuff right there. Grand Slam is going to be a major deal. Uh, WWE, you know, they're known for having uh, New York be their stomping grounds. AEW came, on here, came in here and pretty much shit in their backyard, which I, I love to see. And Arthur Ashe Stadium is a great venue for wrestling. Never really held any wrestling there before AEW did Grand Slam. I, I can't wait for it. I think this is a yearly thing or should be a yearly thing. And I'd love to see All Out somewhere else, man, because I'd love to just go travel somewhere else. I don't want to go to Chicago if I'm going to Forbidden Door in June and then back to Chicago in September for All Out. I hope we get something different. And it might be on the East Coast. If I know Tony Khan and what he's been doing, it might be on the East Coast somewhere. But we, we might get a change in scenery for All Out. That's bullshit, man. <laughs> we always Why? get screwed. 
Why do you gotta get everything, man? Rude. Yeah, we deserve everything. What if he does all out in Boston? That does not benefit Chicago. No. It benefits me. Four hours no. on a train. Boom. I don't have to no. hop on a plane. I got a better idea. Let's just do it in Chicago. No. No. We don't need to do and it I'm, in Chicago. And I'm still, I'm still hearing that, that All In 2 is coming. I don't know where you heard that. Um, hey, man. I'm hearing from the innuendos and hints that the Bucks are dropping on BTE. That they're trying to revisit. But they're known for innuendos and trolling, dude. They are also known for 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 giving us Easter eggs. If we get all in, all out, left, right, up, down, I don't give a fuck. I mean, it's AEW. Who gives a shit? I mean, it looks like ever since they get the, the rights to ROH, they've been trying to get the all in back. Yeah, but what if it's what if it's a Ring of Honor show? What if All In is now made into a Ring of Honor special event? Maybe we do all in. Maybe maybe we do all in during all out weekend, and it's Ring of Honor. It could be. It could be. I mean, and, and for all intents and purposes, all in one was an ROH event. So, guess it was. It was uh, completely produced by Ring of Honor. Yeah, all in two could be all in two could be the first um, ROH event since uh, going under the TK umbrella. So, I can see that. Does this mean that you may make the trip out here for Arthur Ashe Stadium so we can drive out to? Long Island and have a cocktail, man, and have a, a real slice of pizza. Maybe see MJF somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I'm welcome in, in uh, Long Island, man. Yeah, let's set up it's... that taco vlog for you and Thunder Rosa in New York City. You can bury oh, you right here in my, uh, in my fucking home state. I'm already having my issues with Thunder Rosa, man. She's I don't want to know, man. Listen, you, you listen, this uh, woman, do I have her queued up here? Let's say, yeah, there you go. There you go, man. Tacos 360, man. Get, get, talk shit. Get, bro. Talk shit. You can't see her yet, but I know I know you watch back. I know you, what is this guy doing? What is he showing people on the street? Look. Look at that woman being happy in her happy zone. She was taco, on bro. a she was on a fucking uh uh a morning news show or something, beating the shit out of some guy for no reason. What are you talking about? Yeah. A sweet looking woman like that, man. Fucking one harm a fly. What are you talking about? Beating the shit out of this poor guy <laughs> for just asking how to do a move. <laughs> Which move was it? It was like a it was like a headlock with a ha- with a with a with a with a hammerlock takeover or something like that. She just smashed it. Look, man, I'm. You're gonna wish she only did a fucking headlock on you. I'm 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 reaching out to Sam and and security for AEW. He's not getting back to me yet. No, of course not. He's not gonna get back to you. He's on our side. No, our what the fuck is this? our side. I mean, Thunder Rosa and JD side, not Jesse's side. Unbelievable, man. Anyway. Guys, we're going to go over the rest of the news. I, I, do, I, I do have news on Thunder Rosa, uh, so we'll talk about that when we get into uh, the later parts of the show. But I want to thank everybody for joining us right here on Off the Scripts. Hit that thumbs up, guys. I see 500 likes, 503 to be exact. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Try for 1,000 likes on today's live stream. That is the minimum tonight for the AW Dynamite post show for May 11th. People are still filing on in. We got about 1,800 in the venue. From my numbers, I see that we're number one. So thank you guys so very much live right now out of everybody that is live in the community. We appreciate you hanging out and making us your only stop here on your Wednesday evenings. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. The bar is rocking and rolling, so get them on in, man. We will hang out at the end of the show and go over all your Super Chats. Let us know what you thought about tonight's great episode of AEW Dynamite and what you thought of the beginning of the Owen Hart Cup. Martha Hart was in attendance 
tonight. That was also a great thing to see. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go and follow us on social media. At JD from NY206. That's my at on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can follow Jesse Chi-Town Smart on Twitter as well. Jesse, what's going on with the uh, the dark side of things, man? Anything uh, anything new or exciting or any new talents that have caught your eye this week on dark? Yeah, actually, yeah, man. We get um I think we get the 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 surgeons of George Joel. He's um he's been on dark quite a few times. Um you know, took a few L's here and there, and then he's starting to get a couple of W's here and there. But he got to cut a promo, and the guy seems intense, and he has the he has the look. What he is has his name? Jor Joel J O H L, I believe. Never heard of. Him. Really? You you will. It looks like he's gonna be coming to TV um, soon in the next couple of weeks. So, pretty interesting guy. He looks like he would be a good ad- addition to um to a stable. That needs like someone to take uh, put under their wing because he, he looks pretty damn good. Oh, there you go. Uh, good. You guys can go follow Jesse on his YouTube channel, uh, Shot Town Smart. Just look him up on Twitter. Jesse will uh, leave the link in the chat if you guys want to go subscribe to him and go watch his uh, dark watch alongs every Monday and Tuesday. Make sure you guys go get your t shirts, man. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. Working on a new design right now with Bonfire's team. So hopefully I'll have some news on that this week. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Some major Roman Reigns news that we talked about. Dissected that this week. Could be taking 10 weeks off. So we will have more news on that when we uh, get to the weekend, man. We'll have a live off the script 430 this weekend. Also, make sure you guys go and check out my sponsor for today's show. Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. You guys get... Access to their web browser for free. Start saving some money with Honey. Absolutely free. Joinhoney.com slash off the script. I want to thank them as always for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Scripts. Let's get to the top of the show, Jesse. We started the show off with Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Dax Harwood. Adam Cole and Britt Baker were actual guests on Bar Rescue this past week, and I did not catch up with it yet. They were actually part of uh, John Taffer's recon for some poor schmuck that was having a failing bar. And I heard it was uh, pretty decent, pretty cool to see them on there. So I will have to catch up on that when I do have time. But Adam Cole, we're not here to talk about Adam Cole and his recon with John Taffer, but Adam Cole is my odds-on favorite to win this Owen Hart Cup. He went one-on-one tonight with Dax Harwood. This was a... Great TV match. This was probably one of the best TV matches that AEW's put on all year. Absolutely fantastic. You guys know how I feel about Adam Cole. One of the best in-ring performers probably in the entire world. You want to put him in the top five, top ten. I think it would be a crime if he's not there on anybody's list. He's fucking great. Dax Harwood's had some great singles matches when he's been away from cash. And I was very much looking forward to this. Jesse, what did you think of the overall feel of this match? And I know it was a predictable outcome because I think a lot of people's odds on favor in this tournament is Adam Cole. But what did you think of the performance by both guys tonight? I thought it was a physical match. I thought it was a great way to kick off this tournament. And I think both guys wrestled out there uh, with the intensity and the sense of urgency that a tournament needs. I thought it was a great start. It was. It was. It was a fantastic match. It um it was a little bit on the predictable side. But nonetheless, it was a it was a pretty good match. And um 
even though it was predictable, I was a little bit shocked by the outcome. I didn't expect Dax to tap out. Yeah. And uh, especially to a sharpshooter in, on, on that one. Yeah. Well, he did uh, He did tap out to a sharpshooter. Let's uh, let's see how all of this came about. Early on, uh, Cole got in Dax's face with the Adam Cole baby. He did that a couple of times, and Dax was not having that. So he got a little physical back with Adam Cole. Cole came back with the knee lift, and uh, they were allowed dueling chance, chance of Adam Cole Bebe FTR. So Cole drove Dax rib first into the ring post. This was the big spot in the match. He uh, threw Dax into the ring post, and Dax fell to the ground, slid into the ring post, and you guys know how those AEW ring posts are very jagged-edged right into the rib cage. Did Dax go, Dax go into the steel? Uh, Cole continued to drive Dax into the steel steps a couple of times. We went through a commercial break. Dax turned a ripcord into a repeated German suplex barrage, Cole came back with one of his own. Dax fought back. He did hit a third German suplex. They fought on the second rope. Then after that, where Cole avoided a diving headbutt, Dax recovered, hit a slingshot powerbomb for a two count. Cole fired back with his Yushi Garoshi. He went for a cover off of that, only got a two. Dax hit a cross body for another near fall of his own. Cole had a second one scouted, so he, he blocked or countered the second cross body. And he cut him off with some midair super kicks. Dax cradled Cole for a near fall. Cole wanted a Panama sunrise, but Dax stopped Cole in his tracks, set a pile driver right down on Cole's head for a very close near fall. Crowd was very much into this. At one point, Jesse, Adam Cole did the tuning up of the band for the super kicks on this uh, on this night in this match with Dax. I start laughing because we all know from his NXT days with Triple H and how much he's put over Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels loved Adam Cole, and Adam Cole speaks so high of Shawn Michaels and everything that Shawn Michaels taught him. So that was the first thing that I laughed at. Then Dax locks on a sharpshooter to a great ovation because obviously it's the Owen Cup, and then obviously you guys know the sharpshooter was uh, the Hart family thing. He tried to get over with the submission, but his injured ribs forced him to break the hold and recover on the floor. Just barely make it back in the ring. He, he made it at like a nine and a half. And then back inside, Cole took down Dax, tapped him out with the sharpshooter. So not only, Jesse, did he tune up the band, he beats Dax with Bret Hart's own finishing move. And we all know how much FTR loves Bret the Man Hart and the Hart family, man. This was poetic justice tonight. Adam Cole, the prick he is, man, wins throwing all his HBK love out there and using it against all of the Hart family and FTR tonight in the Owen Cup, man. Absolutely beautiful, man. I loved it. It was, it was, it was, um, it was a well-produced match. And, yes. it's, and it looked, they had a lot of storytelling and a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of the psychological stuff. There's a lot of old school wrestling in here. I mean, the, the so the show started off, with some with some old school grappling wrestling, and then it ended with Hardy and Darby Allen. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was the, it was the opposite ends of of a rainbow of wrestling. Yeah, and pretty much everything in between. What a what a fucking awesome show, man. Yeah, this was great. Uh, Adam Cole was the right winner here. This was uh, like Jesse said, a little predictable, but I have no problem with predictable. This was a fantastic wrestling match. Adam Cole goes on to the second round. He will now face the winner. Of Samoa Joe, no, but no, not Samoa Joe. This is on the other side of things. That's going to be uh, Kyle O'Reilly and um, 
who the fuck is Kyle O'Reilly wrestling? Whoever, whoever comes out of that first match, Samoa Joe and the, and the Joker. Uh, but there are two Jokers. They did, they did hype up the two Jokers tonight, uh, which we'll get to in, in a little bit. Uh, it's either going to be one of, uh, of two people that I feel for the men, and I, th- I think we kind of know who it's going to be for the women. Uh, I don't know who else it could be, but uh, we will talk about that. And uh, the winner of this match actually faces Darby Allen or Jeff Hardy. And if you guys watch the show tonight, Jeff Hardy advanced. So we got Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy in the second round of this tournament. Fantastic stuff there. And Jesse, we might as well talk about it now. Samoa Joe on this side of the, uh, of the uh, on the other side of the bracket will be going up against a Joker. And the Joker matches are happening next week. So Britt Baker is wrestling a Joker and Samoa Joe is wrestling a Joker next week. And I said this out loud to myself while watching the show tonight. What if it ends up being Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, both being the men's and women's Joker? That could be a way to bring both of them in and have them be in this tournament. If not them, I'm thinking we get Athena, and I know we talked about this last week, Athena, and I read a report today that Cesaro uh, has been turning down a lot of appearances, whether it's signings or, or gigs in ring for random various promotions uh, it may be because he may be coming on into AEW next week and he may end up being the Joker against Samoa Joe. What do you think about that? It's possible. I mean, um, TK wouldn't stop him from taking indie bookings. No. Um, maybe he just wants to make sure he doesn't, you know, hurt himself or mess something up before his debut, though. Yes. Could be very possible. Um, I expect Athena and Claudio. Um, Candice and Gargano would be a fantastic surprise. Um, I really don't think there are too many people they could bring in here and disappoint us. No. From I mean, if they pick from the the pool of of popular free agents right now, we're not gonna be disappointed. If if they pull out another like Satnan Singh type debut, then yeah, it might get it might get shit on a little bit. But between Athena, Gargano. Um, I know Mia Yim just signed a short-term deal with Impact, I'm hearing. Six months to be exact. Yeah, so she's probably not going to pop up now. She'll probably be here in the fall. Um, So, yeah, I'm thinking Candice or Athena or Cesaro and or Miro. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I wouldn't be upset with anybody, even if it is Miro and a returning Miro. I'm not going to be upset about that. I think uh, we can speak for everybody in the community. I think we all collectively miss Miro. So if it ends up being him next week, I have no problem with that at all either. Yes, absolutely. But uh, this tournament is off to a great start. Adam Cole beats Dax Harwood in the first round, and the Jokers will be uh, very prominent next week. So uh, if I hear anything on these Jokers as the week goes on till next week's Dynamite, I will definitely let you guys know on the podcast. We got a video package hyping up Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy with sound bites from each. I really thought this was a nice touch before their supposed dream match. I know everybody's been looking forward to this. Darby said nobody wants to see him and Jeff exchange headlocks. He said that they're more stuntmen than wrestlers. Hardy said their chemistry will embrace one another. Hardy says he's been studying Darby for a little bit. Darby said people want to see him go to the hospital, and he wants to go to the hospital. He asked Tony Khan to make it a no-rules match so they can just go out there and be psychotic. And that they were. Why are people asking for, for Scarlet and Cross? Did anybody watch Scarlet? Wrestle? Do we do do we do we want Scarlet in the ring? I know I don't. Do, Scarlet's do, Scarlet's value is a, is as a valet. 
And then they're saying they want Lana. They, do you want? They want to see CJ guys. Lana, look, man. If we get cross, great. Scarlet as valet, perfect. We get Miro coming back, awesome. If Lana is his or CJ Perry is his valet, even better. We don't want to see Scarlet or CJ Perry wrestling in a ring. No, I don't want to see Lana in a wrestling ring wrestling ever again. No. No, guys. Uh, neither Scarlet, either. No Scarlet Bordeaux, no Lana as a as jokers. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's not a that's not a big impact. That's not a big surprise at all. Either. Come on. You guys know better than that. What the fuck? What are you guys drinking, man? You guys drunk already? We're not even live for about half an hour now. You fucking. What are you you, drunk? What are you you giving these assholes? I don't know, man. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Have a water with your alcohol. It's nice to be fucking hydrated as you enjoying your drinks throughout the evening. Come on. If you've been hanging with Matt Riddle for the evening, yeah, that that either that yes or 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 Matt Riddle for sure. Holy shit. Anyway, AW showed hosts of Impractical Jokers. Big fan of the show, am I? Front row, we got Casey Jost and Quinn. We got Brian Quinn out there. Q. You fan of that show, Jess? I'm not. I've not. I've never watched it once. No. You never watched Impractical Jokers, man. I'm no. surprised Sal Volcano was not in the show uh, in the crowd tonight. They are. They're all from Long Island, but uh, he's a big wrestling fan. He's a known big wrestling fan. He wears wrestling shirts and jackets and uh, t-shirts on the show all the time. Really awesome. Yeah. So they were in the crowd, so that was a nice little touch there. Hangman Page came out to make his ring entrance. Hangman joined the announcers to uh, do some commentary because the next match was CM Punk and John Silver. CM Punk, there's something about CM Punk, Jesse, on Long Island where he just absolutely loves being a prick and a heel. I, I don't know what it is, but I think we can... Safely said that every time AEW is on Long Island, we will be getting CM Punk being an absolute prick to everybody in attendance. He came out wearing a New York Islanders John Tavares jersey, and the crowd legitimately booed him out of the building. Not only that, we didn't know who he was wearing on the back of his jersey. He told the PA guy to shut his theme music off. He did his whole, it's clobbering time. He walks backwards down the aisleway. And we see him wearing this John Tavares hockey jersey. I did a little research, Jesse. Apparently, this guy, he was the captain of the Islanders, left the Islanders not too long ago, and is now the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he is now, apparently, people were telling me, because I, I tweeted about this, he is to the Islanders as, um, I believe, uh, uh, Damon was to the Boston Red Sox when he went to the New York Yankees. Johnny Damon. Or... or. Or how LeBron was to Cleveland yes. when he went to Miami. Yes. Or in my case, Tom Glavin when he went from the Braves to the Mets. You know, uh, tra- trader trader vibes there. Yes. This is it, this it's is on what that I level, can, bro. This is what I can appreciate from Punk, man. He he's, he has attention to detail when it comes to wrestling storytelling. Last time he was on Long Island, he was portrayed as, and he made sure he was looked at as the biggest heel on the fucking planet. So now that he's not feuding with MJF, why would he come out here and pretend like he's just a normal baby face? No, no, you are hated in this city. Act like it. And he did just that. He shut the music off. He wanted to hear the sound of the hatred coming down upon him. And that's a, that's a guy who really appreciates his, uh, his craft. 
That's the yep. greatest sound to hear, man. When you know that you're going to get booed and you want to hear that, man, he shut the fucking theme music off just to listen to the boos coming down yep. on him. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I thought it was great. Was, so Adam was Page so was out good. there. He's like, this warms my heart. This warms my cold heart to hear CM Punk get booed. And I know a lot of people were uh, tweeting, oh, my God, I don't believe AEW's turning Punk heel and Punk is heel and this and that. Punk is not heel. Punk okay. is heel on Long Island. Next week in Houston, <laughs> Punk will be a babyface like he has been. He is not a heel. He's only heel when they are here on Long Island. Get it through your skulls. Yeah. So... Ross is out there. He asked if Punk cares. He's being booed. Obviously, the answer is no. Uh, Hangman uh, says he doesn't think he does. So Silver came out, and he was accompanied by some of the Dark Order guys out on the stage. Punk and Silver had a very hard-hitting match. I thought this was a little nice little match, Punk and Silver. And, you know, on the on the outside looking, it might not make a, a lot of sense, but John Silver is from Long Island as well, and... You know, Adam Page has had ties with the Dark Order. Punk beating one of Adam Page's good buddies here in John Silver in his hometown. So the strategy for Punk early on was to kind of stop John Silver from building any of that uh, high-octane offense here. He maintained control, maintain control with a lariat leading to a commercial break. We got a small commercial break, so we come back. Silver sent Punk hard into the corner turnbuckles, laid in some strikes, some stiff kicks. Brain Buster followed with a two-count and a cover. Silver briefly stumbled walking back to the ropes. So he recovered a little bit. He had a very sloppy uh, tornado DDT. Punk then stopped Silver with a flurry of offense and some high kicks, some short on clotheslines. Punk followed up with a, get this, Jesse, a buckshot lariat. He knew Paige was on commentary. He does the buckshot lariat, not as uh, smoothly as Adam Page usually does it, but he did this, and he actually got the victory off the buckshot on John Silver with Page sitting on commentary. After the match, Page was so upset, he got up off commentary, and he headed down to the ring, and Ross said that, oh, my God, Adam Page is pissed. He's pissed. Hangman got in Punk's face. Punk asked, Hangman, are you mad? He said, it sounds like he's taking this a little too personally. Punk says he doesn't know why the fans of Long Island don't like him. Really now, he doesn't know why they don't like him. He said, when it comes to them and him and the title, it's not personal. It's just business. He said he used to wake up every morning and ask himself if he was a good guy. He said this morning he woke up and asked himself, are you the champion? And my answer was yes. He said, Hangman said last week 
he wouldn't shake his hand, but he'd destroy him. Punk said he did to Silver, or what he did to Silver is a blueprint for what he's going to do to Page at Double or Nothing. He said he'll shake his hand after he beats him at the pay-per-view, whether he's conscious or unconscious, and he put his hand out, Jesse, to shake Adam Page's hand, and Page, and this is a continuation from what we saw when Page cut that great promo, man. Uh, He was very angry, very intense, and acted like a champion, no matter uh, who was in the ring, especially with Punk. Punk is not stepping in my yard and taking my title. I thought the promo was great, and today he continued that. He gave Punk the middle finger and did not shake his hand, told him to fuck off, and that's the way the segment went off the air. I thought Punk and his intensity was great here, and the little subtle middle finger by Adam Page was a nice touch, continuing that he is the champion and he's not going to be pushed around. Yeah, I like this hangman. Mm-hmm. This is this this is this is the baby face hangman that I want to see. Um, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you want. We're gonna do this shit my way, and you know what? Fuck you, and I'm gonna kick your ass. Dude. I mean, I like this hangman. I think this is a I think this is a complete, um, a complete difference in the hangman we saw at the start of his run. You know, so it was almost like Tony Khan is paying attention to his fans or something, man. I don't, I don't get it. Wow, man, what, what a shocker! Tony Khan listening to his fucking audience, man. You know, yeah, weird. Tony Khan listens to his audience so much that he had a recommendation from a fucking non, uh, an irrelevant account on social media that went viral, and it was all because the fan thought that the arenas looked dark for Dynamite, and the lights are now turned on so that you see all of the crowd. On AEW Dynamite, and now this has been two weeks. Tony Khan's kept it the same way. I absolutely think it makes a world of a difference with the lights on. I, I used to love that grungy, dark, gritty look of NXT when they used to do it, and, and I get why they did it. But uh, Tony Khan, he's not NXT. AEW is not NXT. It's not. Uh, it's not inside the Performance Center or, or Full Sail. I, I think that uh, recommendation was taken by Tony Khan, and it's actually made the show better. So he does listen to the fucking fans, whether you want to believe it or not. He does. I mean, it, even if look, okay, so maybe he was already thinking the same thing, and then he went to social media to go take a look, see, and then saw that someone else had the same idea he was having. Instead of just implementing the idea, he took the moment to say, "Hey, you know what? This fan requested it. I was thinking the same thing. Good idea. Yeah, you know." And that little gesture alone just gives the feeling of. This guy is listening to his fans. It might have already been his idea or in his plans. Who knows? But that little extra step, it helps. It matters, man. It's, it, it, it gives the vibe that you actually give a shit. It's amazing. Uh, a fucking pro wrestling promoter listening to the audience that watches your show, man. What, what, a, what a complete polar opposite of Monday and Friday night where they don't give a shit what you think. Yeah. Bro, I'm trying to... I'm, 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 I'm sorry, man. I'm trying to figure something out right now on Twitter. I'm trying to translate... What's going on with Cody Ibushi? I think he's finally. I think he's was. I think he was fired. I know. I know it was. I know it came up earlier. Like he had an issue, but I think he was actually let go. Now, is but this is this legit? It's on Twitter. I'm trying to translate his tweets. I don't really. I don't know if anybody's reported this or not. Uh, I know Sap was saying earlier that he was working on it, but if Cody Ibushi, you know, it, it's a little. It's a little. I would say funny as far as timing goes, being that we're headed towards Forbidden Door. I don't know if he's going to have any involvement in Forbidden Door or with AEW, but the fact that he was quote-unquote fired, I don't know if it's legit or if it may be storyline going into the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. 
Yeah, chat, chat saying he was fired. Chat says he's fired. It's legit. Coda was fired. Wow. Well, if that's yeah. the case, where's he going? I'm I'm trying. It, it's hard to translate the you know. Twitter has the translate button on here, but translate translate is not a one to one scenario. It's kind of hard to put the story together. Listen, man, Bruce Pritchard's on the phone. Johnny People Power. Call the phone immediately right now. He's going. He's going raw. Okay, this guy's going straight <laughs> for the forbidden door. He's gonna he's gonna go to AEW and then fight against guys in New Japan. Can you imagine Kota Ibushi on Friday Night SmackDown, man? Oh yeah, my they, goodness! They 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 they'd have this guy running around with fucking Dana Brooke and Tamina for the twenty four seven title. He'd be he'd be uh, he'd be in a storyline where uh, Akira Tozawa doesn't want divorce and in comes Tamina's fucking affair here with Kota Ibushi. Well, if 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 he comes over here, if he comes over here or not, I I still I'm still thinking that he's gonna have something to do with Omega at Forbidden Door. Of course he would. So whether it's the Golden Lovers or whether it's uh, um against each other. I don't know, man, but that's his boy. They're going to do something. Oh, boy. Another thing for uh, the fucking AEW hater accounts to uh, get all over. To, oh, who wants this no-name Japanese guy? <laughs> Another Mark signing with AEW. <laughs> they hate seeing wrestling fans happy, don't I know. they? I don't know. These, these people are not real, man. They hate it. <laughs> They're not real people. They hate. I mean, it. look, I'll be the first to say I don't. I don't watch or like WWE. But I don't go around saying people that watch it are are stupid or just, you know, lifeless, don't know what they're doing. Or it's just not for me. I don't enjoy it. I don't go around insulting people that watch it. I don't know why AEW haters go around hating everything AEW does. Just bro, don't fucking watch it. Watch bro, your the th- show. The, the thing is, when you watch WWE, you feel stupid. <laughs> Some people just are afraid to admit it. <laughs> You know, your intelligence is insulted. They think you're stupid, and they treat your intelligence like they do. They think you're an idiot, and then you feel like an idiot for watching their show. Yeah. Let's go How many of you felt like an idiot watching Monday Night? Jesse wasn't even watching the fucking show. He tuned in for the last match, and he complained to me on text. Four minutes with Oscar and Bianca Belair? What the fuck? Yeah, Dude, you, you, you feel stupid. For, he felt stupid in the five minutes that he turned it on. Seriously. For, that, that's, that is no cap. That's not a lie. I, I didn't watch the show at all, really, and... And like 9.55 my time, right before I was getting ready, I put my kids to bed. I sat down, grabbed a drink, and I was chilling. And I put on the last five minutes of Raw. And then I heard ding, 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 the match started. And I'm like, it's five fucking minutes left. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. I could sit here and rant about it for the next fucking hour and a half. That uh, that show pissed me the fuck off. Anyway, uh, yes, Cody Ibushi, apparently the chat here is saying that he got fired. He's fired. He's not uh, working with New Japan anymore. I don't know if he's completely healed from his injuries he's been out for uh, a very long time uh so we may be seeing him get involved in some way shape or form with the forbidden door so we'll see what happens with that as that is a developing situation dan Housen and the premier athlete tony niece with smart mark sterling this was uh, about 60 seconds or less jesse dan Housen made his ring entrance pretty cool theme music that they had made up for dan Housen fits him very nicely justin roberts said he claimed to be over six foot seven and 300 pounds, and he's very evil and very nice, Danhausen. So, uh, Nice was in the ring. He got no ring entrance. He was already waiting in the ring with Mark Sterling, which I did not understand why, but then we knew why uh, when Mark Sterling had mentioned that after the match was over. So, Danhausen threatened to cast a spell on Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. Sterling protested, which distracted Danhausen briefly. Nice hit him with a running forearm, 
and a huge running knee in the corner, and that was pretty much it. Basically, that was the entire match. One, two, three, Tony Nese wins in under a minute. So Sterling gets on the microphone and asks everybody on Long Island if they were shocked by what they saw here tonight. He says he's not. Sterling said this guy got an entrance, but Tony Nese did not. So I'm glad that they actually brought that up in promo here after the match was over. What do you think about that? So Tony Nese said Dan Housen with another running knee. Sterling said Dan Housen has to pay the price for all the internet meme wrestlers out there. Hook came out and marched to the ring. He did not slow play it. He marched to the ring, and he got in the ring. Neeson Sterling left as Hook checked on Danhausen, and all of a sudden, Jesse Danhausen offers a handshake. Hook shook his hand. We officially have Hookhausen, and the fans popped big time here. Hook quickly left the ring, and that was pretty much all she wrote here. Then we got the match booked for the buy-in. I thought it was going to be Hook and Tony Neese, but it's going to be Hook and Danhausen. Versus Mark Sterling and Tony Nese at the double or nothing by him. A feel good story here with Hookhausen. I have no problem with it, and everybody enjoys it. So Tony Khan sees that, and it's the reason why we continue to see it on television. Yeah, this, this, okay, so this seems like a temporary um, tag team, you know, yep. an alliance or whatever. Um, my, my only concern here is, is, so since we know it's going to be temporary, how are we breaking them up? Usually tag teams break up with someone turning heel. Um, we know Dan Housen is never, ever, 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 ever turning heel. So um, I think the same could be said about Hook right now. You see the reaction? Oh, right now. Tonight? Oh, right now. Hook can't go heel if he wanted to. No, not happening. No. So um, this could be one of those things where they team up and then they break up, but they still become like, you know, low key friends on the yeah. side or something like that, you know. You know, kind of like, kind of like, um, how uh, Rock and Mick Foley did. They tagged, they they teamed up, tagged up for a while, Rock and Sock, and then they kind of broke up. But there was no real heel turn per se, and they were just low key friends that that kind of reunited from time to time. I could see something like that happening, maybe. Um, I think that I I think that either I mean, look, maybe Dan Housen is not fully fully recovered from his injury. Maybe that's why he got squashed so. Quick. Well, that was the first thing that I thought about. Yeah, maybe. I know he, he had broken his him. leg. That's not a, that's not really a, a fucking walk in the park injury to get back from so quickly. Yeah, no, you know, and it, and it's it's kind of it's kind of odd to have him have him, you know, his AEW debut, you know, not only be a loss. I mean that that's rare that your debut is a loss, but it's happened. But then your loss is a complete and utter squash, and you're one of the most popular guys on the entire roster. Yeah, that's kind that's kind of odd. I mean, even if you're going to take an L, I mean, one would think you go out there and look good, act like you can defend yourself and you belong on this team. He went out there, got beat up and needed a rookie to come save him. And it wasn't it wasn't a look. It wasn't a good in ring look for Dan Housen. So maybe there's a reason behind it. You know, you, you are correct. You are correct in that. But honestly, I think this is one of those situations where the fans don't really give a shit. And I don't yeah. think they're really thinking about that. They they like you said earlier. You know, he's all gimmick and not so much in ring. And I, I do think this audience is smart enough to realize that, you know, Dan Housen can lose. Hook Hook is out there. He came to save the, save the day. We just want to yeah. laugh and be entertained and have fun with these guys. So it's, yeah. not, it's not really that big of a deal if he lost and got squashed in 60 seconds. And I actually quite like the pairing for, for the meantime because, look, let's be real, Hook is not going to be challenging for any major championships on AEW television. He's still, he's still, he's still a baby. You know, he's yeah. still developing a character and a gimmick for himself. 
what this does is it, it, it builds upon his popularity by pairing him with one of the more popular acts in all of pro wrestling right now, which is Dan Housen, believe it or not. And, and the yeah. one kicker is here, Jesse, also a big aspect of it is we don't want Hook speaking for himself outside of the very, very, very little he's already done. Danhausen and Hook could be a pairing, and Danhausen could be somebody that could keep Hook at that level where he doesn't have to say much of anything, if not at all. Danhausen yeah. could also handle all that by himself and make the group look good at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I can see that Danhausen can definitely handle the um the stick work. We haven't heard enough of Hook to know how he is on the mic, but um, and just by that fact alone, I think it's probably safe to say that he's still working on his mic skills. Um, we don't know for sure. He might be great in the mic. We don't know. Well, listen, but, I mean, his father is Taz. I mean, he will end up being great on the ring uh, on the microphone because Taz was fucking incredible. He exactly. He'll get there. I mean, between between his father and everyone he has access to in the locker room who sees that this guy is a budding star. And if he's lacking in the promo department, there is way too many. There's way too many CM Punks and and Eddie Kingston's and Adam Cole's in that locker room for him to not learn quickly on how to cut the right promo. So he's in good hands in that department. Um, but yeah, it seems like they're intentionally keeping him away from the mic. And if that's the case, fantastic, good. We don't need we don't need to see any flaws in his overall game right now. Although it is time for him to show some vulnerability, so I'm expecting him to get beat down pretty soon here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, I know a lot of people, you know, me included, were thinking, oh, man, Tony Nese is going to be here in this match, in this feud to put over Hook and Danhausen. That's a nice role for Tony Nese, even though we all know he's fucking incredible as well. He could do a, a lot of great things in that ring, but... He's also getting his feet wet in AEW. He's on TV. You know, people were complaining, oh, they signed uh, Tony Nese. He's not on TV. He's on Dark. He's not really getting much TV time. There's a lot on this roster that Tony Khan has to be mindful of. The fact that Tony Nese is on TV, on Dynamite, on a semi-regular basis right now is a victory in itself. He's paired with uh, Smart Mark Sterling, who is very good on the microphone, gets a, a great amount of heel heat. Then he's in the uh, feud yeah. with two of the most popular guys on the roster. And if he does a great job and does what Tony Khan asks of him jesse this yes. could probably lead to more opportunities for tony nice if he knocks it out of, the, out of the park and does exactly what tony khan needs of him yes this is this is gonna be huge for nice his his he needs to make sure that he gets hooked over in every way possible in this feud um because it'll be looked at you know and i'm pretty sure everyone will see that hey you get this guy over you know there'll be other things for you to do in the company yep. so um, I'm hoping good things where I like Tony Nese. I think yeah, he's so pretty I. cool. I, I could see a TNT title at some point in Tony Nese's future. If yeah, he keeps yeah. It up, you I, I don't, you know, I don't see him as a top of the card guy, you know, but I definitely see 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 him as a great utility player in, in the in the mid card division in AEW. Yeah. So that's uh, going to be a very important aspect to look out for. So that match, that tag team match, is booked for the buy in of Double or Nothing. Then we get into one of the best segments all year. On AEW Dynamite, and this was the contract signing between Wardlow and oh. MJF. Wardlow was escorted to the ring by security. He's in a suit, looking all fancy. He's in handcuffs. The big man is sitting there by himself with all these security guards lined up in uh, in a nice little formation in the ring. And we have MJF coming out there, and he's wearing, again, a hockey jersey. He's wearing an Islanders jersey, I believe, out there as well. Had MJF on the back of it. He's not wearing a, a particular player's jersey. He just had his own Islanders jersey 
made up tonight. He, he comes walking out there. But before we get to the contract signing, Jess, we have this unbelievable video package. And we oh. get a mock of Dark Side of the Ring. It was like a mock vignette of a coming attraction for the next episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Chris Jericho's voice is narrating this, and we all know as Chris Jericho is, you know, great in what he does. He is the narrator for the last two seasons of Dark Side of the Ring. And we get this video package with a graphic that says, next season on Dark Side of the Ring. And then we see clips aired of the MJF Wardlow saga and all the injustices and all the crimes that MJF thinks have been done to him, uh, going back as far as the CM Punk dog collar match at the last pay-per-view. And we see Taz, Jake Roberts. We see Barry Horowitz, one of the most famous jobbers in all of WWE history, man. Barry Horowitz. Him and the Brooklyn uh, Brawler. uh, On this thing, man. He called Sean Dean a jobber in this vignette. Ross says he's not sure what to say about what we just saw. And Tony Schiavone added that this is all bullshit propaganda. So I thought this was a nice touch. Dark Side of the Ring even retweeted the AW tweet about this vignette on Twitter, man. This is obviously going to rile up the marks who continue to think that Dark Side of the Ring is an anti-WWE show anyway, and it does nothing but badmouth WWE. So that's going to get people talking there. But my God, man, this was absolute fucking gold in every sense of the word. Fucking great. This is what this is what makes AEW stand out, man. They know how to have fun. They know how to be creative. If they fucking if WWE stepped outside their comfort zone once in a while, man, we wouldn't complain half as much. This was this was epic. This will easily get my vote for the best non-wrestling segment of the year in all of pro wrestling. I, I don't see how they're gonna top that. This was fucking fantastic, man. So good. So it was fun. So good. It was so fun. Man. So I loved all that. That was awesome. What a, what a beautiful touch there. Uh, if this few couldn't get any better, man, Jesus Christ, they keep knocking it out of the park with these uh, these vignettes and the promos and everything. MJF, like I said, came down to the ring. He was wearing an Islanders jersey with his name on it. The announcers talked about how MJF has actually cheered and, on Long Island. And, and I just want to point out, too, we always give credit to your beaver friend and <laughs> WWE when... When he puts together shit like this, because, and I've said it many a time before, make fun of him all you want. I, I still think Kevin Dunn and his team is second to none at what they oh, do. Oh, they're, they're incredible at what they do. Don't get me second wrong. Second to none. I want to know who the executive producer of television is for AEW because they nailed this shit. Nailed it. Oh, we, we can just ask Big Hodge. I'm sure Big Hodge knows. Man, he's got so many so, connections, Big Hodge, my boy, Big Hodge. He probably knows who was in charge of this shit. If you just fucking uh, reach out to him, oh, we gotta find out. He'll probably he, so he's probably good. listening to the show now. Probably text me who the fuck it was now. Anyway, good Hodge, let us know. Someone deserves their goddamn flowers. This was fucking great, man. I loved it. MJF made his way out to the ring. Uh, the announcers talked about how he is cheered on Long Island and how baffling it is. I said on Twitter, it's like I'm watching the fucking Twilight Zone, man. I, it's He's out there shaking hands and high-fiving people, and he's fucking jumping into the crowd. <laughs> he's taking pictures with people. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Are you MJF? Did somebody kidnap you and, and do something to you, man? Holy shit. So MJF entered the ring. He asked him to cut his music. MJF said, I love you crazy sons of bitches. He said, unfortunately... They now have to talk to Wardlow. So crowd boos. Wardlow has been absolutely admired throughout this entire thing. He got booed out of the building <laughs> in Long Island. Like I said, the fucking Twilight Zone, man. They sat on this long end of the table. 
Look, he just texted me now. Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Gene? Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. He, he does a lot of stuff. I think he used to do a lot of stuff for uh, GCW. Uh, he may still very well do stuff for GCW, but if that was the case, that was a, uh, a fucking Grand Slam segment. If he is the executive producer of television for AEW, then, then he was the hit honcho behind all of that, and he deserves his own little golf clap, dude. That was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, so he's out there. Wardlow got booed. They sat on the end of a long table, which I think is great. These contract signings, typical WWE, it's like, oh, they got this little table out there, and they're sitting on opposite ends of it. I like this long table. They're sitting at the ends of each of the table. And we got MJF saying it is a David versus Goliath story. He said he's slightly smaller, but more jack and skilled and salt of the earth and Jewish. He called Long Island the most magical place in the world. He called Wardlow a big, dumb, stupid oaf. MJF said he could go over the rules of their match. He said if Wardlow can beat him at double or nothing, he'll let him out of his contract. He said they have the opportunity to show the world what Long Islanders are all about. He said under no circumstances would he want everyone to stand up and boo Wardlow out of the arena every time he tries to talk. He repeated it for the people in the cheap seats. You guys are poor up there, but I still love you and you're still all beautiful. So he was obviously egging the crowd on to boo Wardlow every time Wardlow speaks without actually saying it. And he tried to kind of insinuate it. And the fans knew exactly what he was doing. And every time Wardlow tried to speak or Wardlow's name was mentioned, Wardlow was booed heavily. Bro, keep this in mind next time anyone wants to doubt if MJF will get booed on Long Island or not. He shit on the Long Island crowd. Yeah. He called them poor. And get get cheered for it. He called them poor. People sitting in the nosebleeds for $20, man. He called them poor. What the fuck, man? He can't do any wrong over there, man. MJF told Wardlow the floor is his. Fans stood and booed. MJF said it's so weird that he can't hear Wardlow. He told Wardlow, you're kind of the worst, Wardlow. He said, and karma is coming your way when it comes to these conditions after everything you did back in the day to my best friend, the American roller coaster, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Fans, oh, mentioned Ooh. Cody Rhodes. Ooh, mentioned Cody Rhodes. Guys, you don't want me to talk about 2024 now, do you? Says MJF. <laughs> don't worry about it. Neither does the guy in the back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus so Christ, this guy's a fucking prick, man. Already talking about free agency in 2024 and saying, yeah, Tony Khan doesn't want me to talk about that either. Oh, he brought up man. Sean Spears. Sean Spears, by the way, looked absolutely fucking fantastic in his white in his white outfit tonight, white uh, dress shirt, white slacks. He looked like a fucking king out there, man, the, the Sean Spears. So he asked Sean Spears and asked him how many times he's going to whip Wardlow. So he counted up to nine, and then Sean Spears went up to Wardlow and did the, the whole perfect 10 thing right in front of Wardlow's face. I died laughing at that. So he said, if, he, said if, he, if he can manage together getting past 10 whippings, he'll have to wrestle Spears in a cage. He called Wardlow a dipshit for laughing because he's 0-2 in cage matches. Why are you laughing? You're 0-2 in cage matches, says, Wardlow, uh, says MJF to Wardlow. He revealed he will be the special guest referee in this steel cage match between Sean Spears and Wardlow. And Jeff says if he gets past that and wrestles uh, and beats uh, Sean Spears, he will wrestle him at double or nothing. If he loses, though, Wardlow, he will never be able to sign an AEW contract ever again. He asks Wardlow if he still wants to sign. Wardlow 
uh, said absolutely. He signed the contract. Uh, the handcuffs were off. And MJF agreed to uh, keep the handcuffs off because, don't worry, we got this under control. And, and clearly, he signed the contract, and then all, all control went right out the window here. Wardlow stood up, signed the contract. Wardlow did not let security cuff him again. Instead, he beat up everybody that was in the ring. And MJF cowered behind Spears in the corner. Wardlow cleared the ring of all the security, then looked at Spears, who had a white chair in hand. Wardlow punched Spears, who charged him. MJF then tried to dive out of the ring. Wardlow caught him. He was about to powerbomb him through the table. MJF and Spears walked up the ramp as they escaped, and Wardlow removed his shirt. Mark Sterling saved the day, though. If you're wondering why MJF and uh, Sean Spears were able to get away, Sean Spears, MJF got away because Mark Sterling saved the day, jumped on Wardlow's back. He ate the powerbomb through the table, and that is the way the segment went off the air. This was one of the best segments all year on AW television. Perfectly... Uh, added the next chapter of the MJF Wardlow feud. And we're getting still cage match, bro, between Wardlow and Sean Spears. And that's going to be fantastic. A little predictable, but I'm enjoying every fucking step of the way with this feud. It is predictable. I could have done without the the stipulation for Wardlow because it left something for, you know, MJF to screw Wardlow in the match. I mean, now Wardlow has to win. Yeah. And with MJF, as the ref against his boy Spears, if Wardlow still wins, it's gonna make MJF look pretty fucking bad. Well, I mean, now it's now the question is, even though it's predictable, how how does Wardlow overcome a steel cage match with Sean Spears and MJF as the official in that match? I don't know, but he has to because of that stipulation. Now mm-hmm. they could have, I would have, I would have done without the stipulation came up with a way for Wardlow to lose the match because he gets screwed over by MJF and still find a way to continue the feud. I mean, obviously, you know, he wanted to look strong going into the match with MJF, but you just got to find a way to protect him. I mean, it does take away some of the predictability because we already expected Wardlow to win a match like this. I'm also not too fond of the repeat um, trials because he did the same thing with fucking Cody. Yeah. The yeah. same exact thing. Yeah, the lashes. I mean, I don't know if he was serious about the 10 lashes or not. I mean, I mean he was serious, serious last lashes? time. I mean, I, that's basically, this is basically the MJF and Cody feud. Yeah. Yeah, they, it, that, that part they're renting and repeating, that I could have done without. We've yeah. already seen this. Come up with something new, something yeah. creative, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it, but we'll see how that goes. But as far as the, the cage match, the stipulation does kind of give it away. So if Wardlow loses, he can't. What is what did he say? He can never sign. He can with never a- sign an AEW contract ever again. Ever again. Yeah. Then he's gonna have to fucking win now. But now we gotta figure out a way to have him win and not have MJF look, look like a complete fucking idiot. Well, didn't everybody didn't everybody go into this under the impression anyway that Wardlow was gonna win without the stipulation that was announced tonight? I think everybody was kind of, you know, watching this show expecting Wardlow to win because w- what good would it do Wardlow if he loses that double or nothing? Right. They put the stipulation in, then they put MJF as referee. Well, now you're kind of, you know, stacking it a little bit more than we expected. Now we kind of, you know, we still expect Warlord to win, but geez, man, how does it, how is MJF gonna look? He can't, he can't fucking, he he can't he can't dictate the outcome of a no DQ cage match where he's the fucking referee. I mean, what else, you've had every all you gotta do is just go in and count three quick. Yeah. Yeah. 
They got to get out of this somehow, man. I don't want MJF to look this bad if Warlow still wins through all of this shit, you know? Maybe Warlow has someone come out to help. Well, it has to be it has to be that or something because like it's you said, to, like be. MJF is in complete control of this. If he's not in there looking to screw Wardlow uh at the right time with a fast count or, or something, yeah. you know, I don't know what the AEW rules are gonna be for the steel cage matches. They change every time there's a steel cage match. Some some steel cage matches you're not allowed to go over the top rope and it's only pin and submission. You know, some yeah. some steel cage matches are not pin and submission. You got to go over the top rope, and both both feet have to hit the ground. So I don't I don't know what's going to be uh, as far as the ruling. But like you said, MJF is he's pretty much playing God. He's got all yeah. the power here. He can he can screw Wardlow out of this match and not get the pay per view match, and then yeah. fire him. Yeah, they they gotta find a way to protect MJF in this in this situation now. At this point, usually this kind of situation you want to protect Wardlow, you know, and things like that. But you gotta you, you gotta protect MJF in this one, man. I don't know how Warlow's gonna come out of here with a squeaky clean victory when his opponent and his, the referee are both against him in a in a no DQ cage match, man. That you can't just have Warlow just win. I mean, I, I mean, I I would be hard pressed to believe that MJF can beat Warlow in any kind of match when he couldn't even make sure that his best bud won. You know. This, it's rough. I think they I think they might have painted themselves into a sticky little corner right there. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We don't have an exact date of this steel cage match. Uh, so we will uh, keep an eye on this. But something needs to be done there to make it a little bit more uh, favorable for MJF. Because like Jesse said, it really is going to paint MJF as uh, unintelligent if he is in a position of power like that and doesn't take every opportunity to abuse that power and yeah. uh, beat Wardlow. In the steel cage match. Wardlow theoretically should not be making it past the steel cage match. Yeah. Absolute Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy. We got a FTR, uh, FTR, FTW uh, uh, championship match here. This was uh, pretty decent here tonight for the FTW title with a, uh, I don't know if it was just me, maybe a little tease at the end there with Christian Cage. We'll, uh, we'll get to that uh, as we go through this match here. This was uh, a back and forth match. Starks hit Jungle Boy. Uh, with a slingshot arm drag, and Jungle Boy returned the fire with some of uh, the same stuff right back to him. So Starks took control. Jungle Boy started to come back, uh, babyface comeback here with some back elbows, a nice rebound lariat. Starks countered a DDT from the outside in and powered Jungle Boy up. Jungle Boy eventually reversed it into a DDT of his own for two. Starks then did a backslide on Jungle Boy for a two count. Jungle Boy countered the Rochambeau early into a cradle, Jungle Boy then hit a thrust kick for a near fall cover, only a two count. Jungle Boy went for another rebound lariat, but ran right into a spear by Starks. He locked on the snare trap, eventually forcing Starks to fight back and reach the ropes. Starks grabbed the FTW title, but all of a sudden, Swerve Strickland ran down and stopped him from using the FTW title as an illegal weapon. Jungle Boy rolled up Starks, but Swerve inadvertently distracted the official, and the official did not look at Jungle Boy in the ring who had... A roll-up on Starks could have won the title right there, but the referee was too busy with Swerve. So uh, this all allowed everything to fall apart for Jungle Boy. Starks got the Rochambeau on Jungle Boy, one, two, three, and that was it. After the match, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus walked down the aisle. They walked past Swerve, bumped into him purposely, and they got into the ring. Swerve faced off with Starks and Hobbs. Then Keith Lee came out to even the odds for Swerve, uh, and Jurassic Express was in the ring. Uh, Jesse, Jungle Boy was a little defeated, hanging himself on the ropes there, looking very upset. Christian Cage walked over and 
gave uh, Chris, uh, Jungle Boy rather, a pat on the back and a hug in the middle of the ring. It, it almost looked like, now from my vantage point, it might be uh, just me thinking uh, crazy thoughts, but it looked like Christian Cage was a little uh, a little pissed off at Jungle Boy, man, a little, a little disappointed in Jungle Boy. What do you say? Yeah, it, I saw that too. I thought it was just a me thing. I didn't want to bring it up again. Like we've already run through the, you know, Christian Cage heel turn scenario, then backed off of it. Now we're going back again. But um, I don't want to I wouldn't say disappointed, but he looked like he had, I mean, as he approached him, he had like an ulterior motive. You know, I mean, it, it just, it, it came off as a little bit weird. Like they did focus on it. You know, it maybe it was that it was the camera work and the focusing on it. Otherwise it just would have been like him going to get him, give him a hug and walked out. But no, they stopped, censored it got a facial reaction and got close and then gave him a hug and they just kind of ended it there. Yeah. So I, I, I felt that same vibe too. Like something was happening right there. So maybe they are revisiting that Christian cage turn. Uh, yeah. I, I know we talked about this last week and we kind of dumbed down the, uh, the little, the little possible teases because we have trio championships on the way. And Tony Khan did confirm that the trio championships are made. He's had them made for a while. He's only waiting till Kenny Omega comes back and, uh, gets into the fold before unleashing those trio championships on AEW Dynamite. But, I mean, it would be foolish to break them up because that's a nice trio there with Jungle Boy and yes. Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. But uh, it, it did look a little a little bizarre out there that Christian Cage kind of eyed Jungle Boy and it, it was a very disappointed look. Like, bro, come on, man. The fuck are you doing? Right. So we'll see what happens there. But um, tag team title situation. I seen somebody in the chat mentioned something that the tag team titles are taking a back seat. On AEW television. I don't understand why you guys are so fucking conditioned to <laughs> WWE television. Nothing is taking a backseat as far as the tag there. team oh. championships, man. I don't understand you guys. Look all what because was in the front of you. titles aren't on TV and championship contenders matches. And all because we don't see fucking Jurassic Express defend the titles against the same fucking team. Like RK Bro does against the Street Profits or Alpha Academy. I don't understand why you guys are saying that they take back seats. They're not. You- yeah, you guys are saying back seats. I I text JD earlier night. I said it looks like we're heading for a tag team triple threat ladder match potentially, man. Yes. With these three teams, and they would tear the goddamn house down. Yes. FTR, that, FTR is gonna be uh doing whatever. I don't know what the fuck FTR is doing at the pay-per-view, but we got the Young Bucks possibly against the Hardys. And we got LAX, Santana Ortiz, they're busy with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Pac and the Lucha Brothers, they're busy with the House of Black. And, and then you got um, the Blackpool Combat Club now. They're mixing up with the Jericho Appreciation Society. What, what back seat are the tag team champions taking and, and the championships taking on AEW television? You're about to get a—all the, all the other big tag teams in AEW are busy doing other things. They will be in contention after the double or nothing pay-per-view and things reset going into all out. But right now you got two brand new teams, Jesse. You got Hobbs and Starks who look like a formidable duo. And you got Swerve and Keith Lee who themselves look like a formidable duo. You just got born new tag teams in AEW right now for the time being in what is already the best tag team division in all pro wrestling. If this leads to a triple threat match with these three teams, bro, you won't hear a fucking peep out of me. That should be fantastic. Yeah, I, I think you guys are a little bit conditioned to the way WWE um, uh, does storylines. See, they they so they have pay per views every month in WWE. So right away, you got to keep all titles and stories interesting because within the rolling four to five weeks, you got another pay per view coming up. 
Well, there's quarterly pay-per-views here. So you have lots of time between pay-per-views, meaning you're not always going to see the tag titles front and center all the time. They have literally a few months to get those storylines together for the next pay-per-view. So they they are building towards it. When you see tag team feuds going on that might not include the tag team champions, well, what are they doing? They're building up their contenders. They're building up other tag teams to get to the point where it's like, well, shit, they've been doing this and doing this. Now they're going to get to Jurassic Express. And that's what we're doing. Now we get two tag teams coming at the Jurassic Express. Yeah, two great tag teams. They're, they're not real tag teams, but I mean, the team of, like I said, Hobbs and Starks, that's a very formidable team. Good for Will Hobbs and good for Ricky Starks getting to that uh, that position. Hobbs has come a long way. He's looking more... Uh, He's looking better and better on TV every time we see him. And then Swerve and Keith Lee, you want these guys to be involved in some way, shape, or form. Would you rather them not be on TV and not doing anything on TV? Yes. So Tony Khan found a role for them here, and they are on TV. So Tony Khan is actually doing what you want, yet you people still complain that Tony Khan isn't doing what you want. Still. They They are telling stories. They're building up tag teams for them. I don't expect either team to dethrone these guys. But at the same time, they're building up competition for them. Man, that this is the way you do it. It takes time. Yes. Guys, we're going to take a little a little breather here. Look at what's going on in the chat. We got near 2,000 in the OTS venue right now. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. I see 831 likes on the live stream chat. Let's try 4,000 likes minimum on today's Off the Script AEW Dynamite post show. For May 11th, 2022, I see some people in the chat re-upping their memberships, man. I appreciate you, man. If you guys want to join the OTS VIP club, sit right behind me in the VIP lounge, man. Hit that join button and become a channel member, or what I like to call you guys, my VIPs. Make sure you guys go do that. $4.99, get you those emotes and those custom badges next to your name. Everybody in the chat that's got a green name, those are my VIP. So hit that join button if you guys want access to some pretty cool shit on the channel. Also, Super Chats are open. Continue to get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. Let us know what you guys think of all the major stories coming out of AEW Dynamite tonight right here on Off The Script as we get into Samoa Joe having a little vignette promo. He's talking about Jay Lethal, the big man Singh, and Sanjay Dutt, I like when Joe is intense, bro. Joe is even more vicious when he's fucking calm, cool, and collected, man. This guy just is fucking about to rip your throat out, no matter what tone of voice he's carrying on the show. Jake. Say again? Reminds me of Jake Roberts. Yes, he does. It's, yeah, it's it, his, 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 his methodical tone just reminds me a lot like Jake Roberts. Yeah. That's a good comparison there. He talked about the Owen Cup. Said when he's done winning the Owen Hart tournament, he will come after them and take care of them. He talked about the Joker scenario that he's going up against next week. And Jesse and I talked about this. It could either be Johnny Gargano. It could be Cesaro. It could be Miro. Those are the top three names being floating around out there right now. For the ladies' side of things, it could be Candice LeRae. She's a free agent now. Don't know if she's ready to come back yet. But the big name that everybody's talking about is Ember Moon, a.k.a. Athena Palmer. She may be on next week's show, so Tony Khan may have some surprises in store for us next week as two Jokers will be unveiled on AEW Dynamite. We got the Jericho Appreciation Society. They're in the ring. 
And we are getting a victory speech from the JAS. Angela Parker and Matt Menard, they have taken on these roles of just two obnoxious pricks, and they're doing a fantastic job at it. Talked a little bit on the microphone, and Jericho is on the microphone and said that this is where all of the hometown heroes are in Long Island or on Long Island. He says he's one of them. He grew up in Manhasset, Jesse. He was born and raised in Manhasset on Long Island. I know a thing or two about Manhasset, bro. So Jericho just exposed the business. He's not Canadian. Well, he, well, he is Canadian, but... No, he's not. He's born here. Hey, he's a New Yorker. He's Chris, born Jericho, here. Chris Jericho is a New Yorker, through and through. You're born in the United States, bro. You're American. Well, there you go. So what? He wants to call himself Canadian, bro. He can call himself Canadian. He's the fucking wizard, man. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, but yeah, forgot about it. He's a fucking wizard now. He's That's the right. wizard. He mentioned that he's a wizard. He says he moved away pretty quickly because this place is a dump. He told the booing fans that they know it is true. Don't boo me. It is true. He threatened to throw a fireball in the face of a heckling fan. I'm a wizard at the end of the day, he says. I'm a wizard. Jericho says we did exactly what we said we were going to do. He claimed they eliminated Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. He told them to stay at home. He told Eddie Kingston to stay at home with his wife. And he mentioned something along the lines of, he doesn't, I'll certainly take care of your wife at home if you're not going to be there with her. Oh. You know? It's great. Daniel Garcia said sports entertainers before pro wrestlers every single time. John Moxley all of a sudden has his theme music at the PA. He's walking down the aisle as slow and calculating as John Moxley can do. And then Brian Danielson, Will Uta, and William Regal all come out. Jericho said, listen, it's four of you and five of us. All of a sudden, Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston with a visible burn mark over his left eye are standing on the opposite side of the ring apron. So he's got Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz on one side, and the Blackpool Combat Club on the other side. I do not want to be the JAS in this moment. The fans even started chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up. Jericho (laughs) is fucked up here, no question. He was surrounded. They were attacked by both sides. Regal got a punch in on Jericho. Crowd pop big. The JAS retreated up the ramp. Jesse, are we looking at blood and guts right here with the Blackpool Combat Club and the JAS with Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz? Looks like it. So, so why, why was, why was the, um, BCC out there? Why was the BCC out there? If anybody doesn't know, this is what I love to call long-term booking because Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are very good friends. Thank you. And how do we know that? Because commentary fucking told us. Commentary told it and we didn't forget it because last time Eddie Kingston was on TV in a major way, John Moxley was there right next to him. Yep. There you go, Perfect. folks. If you're wondering why the Blackpool Combat Club is out there, and if you're listening to the fucking idiots on social media that claim that it doesn't make any sense, all they need to do is watch the fucking show. It makes sense if you watch the show, and it's easy to piece these pieces together. Yep. Come Eddie on. Kingston needed a, needed to make a call. Called up his bro. Say, hey, bring your fucking crew over here. Let's whoop some ass. That's what we do. We whoop ass. Let's go. Chat. Long-term <laughs> booking. <laughs> You only see it on Wednesdays, man. You don't see it on Monday or Friday. Just make sure your friends know and uh, tip your waitress. Done and done. It made complete sense. Loved it. Yes. We got a vignette about Serena Deeb. Hold on. Go back. Go back. What are we talking about? Regal got physical, man. Yes, I did. I I said he he punched Jericho in the mouth. 
Oh, you did, but we got we gotta we gotta go over that, man. Regal, they even hinted about maybe Regal and Jericho weren't done. Well, I don't know about all that, that, but it was a nice right hand, uh, a nice left hand rather. South yeah, ball. I mean, what's Regal? Regal trying to trying to get physical again, man? What's going on? I don't know. He could still do it if he wants to. Hey, man, I'm not getting in the ring with that fucking guy. Me neither. I won't get in the ring with him if you paid me. Fuck that. Take a take a left hand by William Regal and a beating by William Regal. I'll take a, a huge overhand shot by Walter. Oh. <laughs> Pick your poison. Probably give me the chop, man. I don't want to be sitting there getting fucking stretched out by Regal for like fucking five minutes, Jesus. man. Man. Anyway, moving on. We got Serena Deeb with Thunder Rosa. It's happening at the pay-per-view. Thunder Rosa and Dustin Rhodes shown in this vignette. And uh, we got some commentary by Tony Schiavone about the challenge laid down by Deeb at the pay-per-view over Thunder Rosa's women's championship. So it was a nice little brief vignette about the women's championship and uh, these two ladies doing battle at the pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Jesse, Thunder Rosa was in the news about this uh, particular match, and she claimed that criticism is definitely a thing when it comes to her booking as the AEW Women's Champion. She was uh, interviewed by, I believe, uh, Alex McCarthy of Talk Sport, and Thunder Rosa addressed criticism of her current run as AEW Women's Champion. Now, as we know, Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker in a steel cage match at St. Patrick's Day Slam in her first title run uh, as champion. She got thrown into a feud with Nyla Rose. Uh, This was uh, not very exciting by any stretch of the imagination to start her feud off with Nyla Rose, or start her reign off with a feud against Nyla Rose. And now we're looking at Serena Deeb, and this is the type of match that I think all of us are very interested in as far as the pay-per-view is concerned. She says this, and I quote, I just know that people are never going to be satisfied with everything that you do or anything that happens. Bottom line, I'm going to do my best with everything I'm given all the time, and people will criticize that too, which is okay. People are going to talk, and if they're talking, that means they're watching. At the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. I had a banger of a match with Nyla Rose. I don't know if I'd call it a banger of a match. I've seen a lot better from uh, Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose. And I was able to show some sides that I haven't been able to show in years in that ring. It was a dynamic match and something different. David versus Goliath in that aspect. Everyone is different, and there's always going to be criticism. But whatever is in my hands to make it better, I will. Rosa stated that she feels the AW uh, roster right now is the best women's division in the world. And that's why she is here and what she's here for. Now, since she's won the title, she's worked one match on AEW television. And she beat Rose at Battle of the Belts 2, if you guys remember. Now she's set to defend the title against Deeb at Double or Nothing on May 29th. Um, AEW could certainly have the best women's division in the world. And if you look at the names in this tournament alone, it is not difficult to see why. Number one. Number two, criticism. Uh, I get that there is criticism in all aspects of pro wrestling, Jesse. But as far as what she is doing, is it warranted? And are fans a little too hard on what is already just the start of her title reign? She hasn't really even got her feet wet. Now, you know, they they haven't given these two uh, much TV time to tell their story. And this was a big focus that we focused on last week. This needs to be built up in a different way than the first Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa match that we saw at Revolution. Or the second match, I have to say, in their string of three matches. So far, I haven't seen much of anything. And I, we're not, you know, we're not that far away from the pay-per-view. It's May, it's May 11th, 
And next week will be uh, here. It'll be the 18th of May for AW Dynamite, which leaves two weeks to go for the pay-per-view. Are they going to be able to build the intensity needed and the feud needed for this women's championship between Deeb and Rosa in, in just two weeks with, you know, with, with just these vignettes going, bro? I don't, I don't see how that's, that's likely at this point. Yeah, it does seem a little bit difficult. Um, and that's I, why I, people may be criticizing it. And They're I, not and criticizing like, Rosa, per se. They may be criticizing yeah. the, the, the booking of the division. Yeah, and 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 you know, I'm I'm gonna even say here that, you know, I'm assuming that she can't go on, you know, and say what she's really thinking about no. the booking of her run and everything else. But if I had to take a guess at it and a stab at it, I mean, um, this is totally my assumption. I don't know anything about this at all. But I would say that she herself would like it would have liked to have been booked a little bit better than what she has been. Um, I mean, the line, in, she, the line in her quote is, is very telling here. I mean, you could just kind of read between the lines. Every, everyone is different, and there's always going to be criticism, but whatever is in my hands to make it better, I will. So yeah. that's, not, that's not particularly saying that it's criticism for her. It's criticism yeah. on what she's being given, and it's up to her to make it, you know, decent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think she's doing... Uh, absolutely fantastic with what she has been given so far in this run. Um, I don't believe Nyla was exactly her first choice for her first defense. Um, But I also believe that Serena Deeb is exactly someone that she would like to be feuding with. And I think once the bell rings that these two women are going to tear the house down and steal the show. But it still doesn't negate the build. And I kind of understand what the um, whoever the critics are out there. I don't know who's out there, you know, just trying to shit on her parade. You know, she did just win a title. Let her go around and enjoy it. But I kind of get it. You know, it's it. But it's I don't think I don't think it's anything um, directly personal with Thunder Rosa as far as the booking of the women's division, because the booking of the women's division has been shit for a long time, for a long time. And we've been we've been vocal about trying to get it picked up and get it um, to be spotlighted and put in a better position on television. And it's just that not too much has changed since she's become champion. Um, she's not doing anything wrong in her run. I think she's nailing what she's given, you know, like she is saying, but I, I still believe that it still looks like that the women need to be put in a better position. Now, I think the Owen tournament is, um, making great steps towards the right direction and booking the women in something meaningful. And the first thing you can do to start booking the women and things more meaningful is just giving them storylines that don't involve the title. And God forbid, please don't let them be out there fighting over a guy. No, you know, it just needs to be real shit, real storylines that they can sink their teeth into and get behind. And so far she hasn't really been given it. Her, her, her storylines have been, I'm the champion who wants a shot. You know, there's 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 no substance to that sandwich. There's nothing in the middle. It's just I'm the champion. Where's my contender? You know, we we see her getting involved with Deep, and right away you can tell they're starting to plant. Okay, let's get some storyline here. I want to face the best. I know Serena Deeb is the best. Serena Deeb, you know, coming out and so far to me they've been too lovey dovey. I mean, I kind of want to see the Sheeta Serena Deeb, yeah, versus I'm gonna fucking kill you, Thunder Rosa, and I think that'd be a better dynamic. Yeah, what's what's the story outside that? Like, what is the, what is the hook for me? You know, yeah. outside of me being a fan of Thunder Rosa and a fan of Serena Deeb, what is the hook as far as a fan looking on for this feud? Where's the hook and why you should care? None. 
There's none. None. So what what is it that they're going to do in the next two weeks to get me invested in why this match is important? They can say it's important all they want. Deeb can say it's important. Thunder Rosa wants nothing but the best competition that AEW has to offer. But what is the hook in getting this match to that important level? Well, I want to yeah. see the Deeb, like you said, the Sheeta Deeb. I want to see the, I want to see her be a psychotic woman out there, hell-bent on proving why she's the best and why management continues to overlook her and, and yeah. why Thunder Rosa continues to overlook her. I haven't seen that yet, and in two weeks, bro, I don't know if they're going to be able to tell that story. I have a feeling this will, no. this will be the same vibe and the same lame duck crowd that was at Revolution, and it's not Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa's fault going into the pay-per-view. It was all the creative side of things, and I feel like that's going to be the same thing going into Double or Nothing. Yeah, no, it it seems like they have nothing left to do for two weeks except book Thunder Rosa in a match, have Serena Deeb come do a run-in, and let that be. It, it, it just feels like there's nothing to do but generic stuff at this point, you know? I mean, it, there's, there's, there is no, from what they have done so far and with two weeks left, I'm not sure exactly what they, they can add on to it to make it say, okay, now I can't wait to see this match. I already can't wait to see this match. This is one of those matches. It just could have been in a house show and say, hey, you want to go see Thunder Rose and Serena Deep? Yes. Pay the money. Go see the show. Don't need a fucking story. I want to see them wrestle. That's what I want to see. But when you're doing national television and a, and a live pay-per-view, we need something to sink our teeth into a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And, so. uh, you know, I want you guys to be very well aware that we have Jade Cargill as the TBS champion as well. And she doesn't really have much going on for herself either. I mean, she's booked for Rampage, and the baddies are going to have, uh, like, a, an in-ring segment or, or dress something on Rampage, which, by the way, is happening at 5.30 again on Friday. So she doesn't really have much going on as well with the TBS Championship. So it's not, you know, only Thunder Rosa, and it's not a Thunder Rosa problem. It's not a Jade Cargill problem. It's not a Serena D problem. It's the way that these women are being booked. And I, I have to say, like I did last week, a lot of the women right now are handicapped and taken up in this tournament. So I don't want to use that as an excuse as to why everything's feeling flat because the tournament is the, is the priority here. But it doesn't excuse the fact that there's no story. There's yeah. no story. And I hope after the tournament's over, we get more competition for Thunder Rose and we get more competition for Jay Cargill. But right now, the story is not, what is the fucking hook? There's no so what hook. Is the, so what does the winner get of this tournament again? We don't know. And that's a problem. We don't know. That's a fucking problem. I don't know I what mean, the problem. I don't what, know what the what are well, they competing a championship for? match. I'm assuming, unless they get a trophy in a championship match or just a trophy, I, it has not been specified. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get. It. Oh boy, what happened? Now I'm looking at a clip from Rampage. What are you talking about? The Rampage taping tonight. A clip from the Rampage tape. What happened at the Rampage taping? I'm looking at uh, I don't I'm not gonna spoil this show, but I'm looking at Punk and Hook in the ring together. Oh boy, in the ring together right now. Oh boy, wow. Oh, I can't wait for Rampage. I can't wait for Rampage. You know who was in the ring together tonight, bro? Who's that? Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. They were. They were in the ring together, and uh, I heard that a lot of people were using this match. For scientific purposes, man, they had their uh, their microscopes out and they had their goggles on and they had their their uh, little uh, calculators out, man, taking all the numbers down. So you said at the start of this show that Dex and Cole was the match of the night. 
I'm seeing guys over here on Twitter talk about how how Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen was match of the night. I, we know what the real match of the night was. Well, I'm still trying to figure out why. I can't put my finger on why everybody was so invested in this, bro. Like, what is put the your, reason? Put your finger in it. Put my put, what? What? I don't put, put my finger, finger in anything, man. Put your finger in it, bro. Oh, no. well, I'll put my finger in. Oh, okay, all right. Let's... All right, we got to keep PG here, bro. PG. Okay. okay. I mean, you, are you? Uh, it sounds like you're in the mood for cake. PG Tonight. show, man. You're in the mood for cake. Right. So I tell you what, Tony Storm has not been bringing her 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 best attire in her previous matches. They're talking about man. She wore all she wore all red tonight. She wore the, oh, she wore t- the, oh, the booty shorts oh, tonight. tonight? What are you no, about? like no, you know, in her previous matches. Yeah, she had the tonight, one lesson match. She could wear she could wear whatever she wants. Tonight, Tony Storm came for a battle. She she looks fine the way she was, bro. <laughs> she could wear the pants. It's fine. No, no, bro. We needed this. Yes, I know. This is everybody's favorite tire. I get it. I know. Woo, okay. what a match. This was did, uh, they do any, did they do any wrestling moves? Yes, they did. I don't there know. There was a wrestling match underneath all of this. Yes. You sure? Yes. I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm positive. You say so, man. Yes, there was. Uh right. neither woman here could establish anything at the start. This was uh a ten minute affair. It uh could have went longer, but you know, we were strapped for time. I, I felt like uh the last two matches were a little rushed. This one especially. Uh, neither woman could establish an advantage to start a drop kick set. Hater to the floor. Hater uh, booted Storm upon coming back into the ring. She then took this advantage through a commercial break. She suplexed Storm on the floor. Snap suplex, snap suplex a twisting snap suplex, which looked devastating. So Storm is fired up after the commercial break. She's making her babyface comeback. Big forearm shot landed a strong hip attack, followed by a DDT. She then hit a DDT out on the floor on Jamie Hater. Storm landed a diving crossbody for two. Hater returned with a backbreaker, which looked vicious for a two count. At one point, they fought on the apron. Hater hit a urinagi on Tony Storm on the apron. Ouch. Big time there. Then they fought on the top rope. Hater hit a superplex. They fell right down, straight down to the mat. Storm countered a follow-up attack by Hater into a cradle, and she hit a Storm Zero out of nowhere. Uh, very sloppy looking, I must say, but it was enough to get the victory. And Tony Storm advances to the second round of the Owen Cup. She will face the winner of Britt Baker and the Joker, whoever the women's Joker is against Britt Baker. She will meet that winner there in the next round. Uh, Jesse, right outcome here. Uh, I'd like to see these two go at it with a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more importance on the line. Uh, it was fine for what it was. And Tony Storm advances. And she is the odds on favorite in my eyes to win this entire thing. You said a bunch of words just now. Are you trying to say that you were writing all this stuff down while that match was going yes. on? Yes. I have a job to do. I think the MVP of this match was the camera guy. Shout out to the AEW cameraman around ringside for this match. Bro, listen, uh, Juice Robinson may be watching. We don't know. He may ca- catch wind of this at some point. I don't know. Uh, we have to be uh, PG and respectful on this show. I did take notes here. It is uh, on my iPad every every Wednesday. All right, did you take notes with one hand or two? I, I took notes with two hands, man. I type with two hands. You, you were typing with two hands? Yes. So you weren't writing something down with a pen and your other hand was doing other stuff? What would my other hand be doing, bro? Giving myself I a foot massage? I, I don't, wait, you said foot, not me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. See? Oh, that, I didn't say foot. Guys, 
Do not put feet in the chat, guys. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, feet. There you go. Look. <laughs> oh my god, man. Bro. Fucking ridiculous, man. I tweeted something. I said, every guy in that crowd, that crowd on Long Island was hyped tonight. This match came on and they got real uncomfortably silent for some reason, man. <laughs> what the hell they uh, who, were doing? Who got, who got silent? What are you talking about? The Long Island crowd. Yes, of course, man. They were they were watching intently tonight, man. They were they were focused. They man. were watching everything. Uh, bounce up and down. And uh, yeah, all right, moving on. <laughs> what a match! Excellent stuff here. Tony Storm gets the win and she advances to the next round. Uh, Owen Hart Cup on Rampage. Riho versus Ruby Soho. Jade Cargill versus the Baddie. Or Jade, no, Jade Cargill is the Baddie. Uh, Jade Cargill and the Baddies will speak. Uh, TB TNT Championship match. Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Kazarian. Death Triangle versus Butcher Blade and Mark Quinn. And Sean Spears versus Bear Boulder. Don't know why that's on the show, but Tony Khan booked Bear Boulder on the show. Dynamite on 518. We got Jericho and William Regal face to face. That should be interesting. Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. Owen Cup, uh, Britt Baker versus Joker. Samoa Joe versus Joker. Hangman Page versus uh, Takeshita. That should be fucking awesome. So we got Wardlow's 10 lashes from MJF. And Owen Hart Cup, uh, Adam Cole versus uh, the winner of the Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy match, which we all know was Darby Allen. So we got four Owen Hart Cup matches next week, man. Holy shit. This be good. Should be a good show. Double or nothing is, lineup. Is Dr. Martha going to be there again? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, double or nothing. We got uh, a couple of matches here lined up. Buy-in, like I said, Hook and Dan Housen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Only two matches right now that are announced are Thunder Rosa and Serena Deep for the Women's Championship and Paige versus Punk for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. We got a video package for Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Sky says he was trying to restore the respect of the TNT Championship after uh, what Sammy Guevara had done. And... Uh, we got a soundbite with Scorpio Sky saying that there can only be one face of TNT. And Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti interrupted a backstage interview with Kazarian. Sammy said Sky is going to backstab him and he can't trust him. Kaz says he's been around a long time and knows who to trust. So go be unlikable somewhere else, he said to Sammy and Tay. Sammy says he see him later and Kaz yelled, yeah, and your vlog sucks. So that's that. So we got that match on Friday. It should be uh, pretty damn good, but... You know, seeing the Rampage uh, rating on Friday at 5.30 didn't even do 300,000 viewers. Uh, nobody may see this uh, barn burner of a match between Scorpio Sky and Kazarian. Yeah. Did anyone else notice commentary more than once? I don't know if they slipped up or implied that Punk and Hangman was taking place in Chicago. No, I did not hear that. You, you did not hear that? No. More than once, more than once, they said, you know, can Punk leave Chicago with that title? And then JR said something about, um, yeah, they're going to face off two weeks, you know, and, you know, in Chicago. I'm like, well, wait, why do they keep saying that? Maybe like, JR is known for making it a mistake here and there, but this is like the second time they said something about Punk leaving Chicago with the title. Maybe it was just a mistake. Maybe it was a mistake. I don't know. Very we'll true. see. He will be winning the title in Las Vegas, though. Okay. In Vegas. We got Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. This was the main event of the evening. Owen Hart Cup Tournament match 
Wonder if this goes on to face Adam Cole next week on AEW Dynamite. And uh, this was a no DQ match. Turned into a no DQ match by Tony Khan at the request of Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. Uh, this one went on the air, Jesse, with maybe 12, 13 minutes to go before the end of the show. And I felt like it was uh, something that needed a little bit more time. Now, I don't know what you thought, bro. I mean, I wouldn't have done a no-DQ match here. I would have kept it a regular one-on-one match with regular uh, tournament rules here. How'd you feel about it being a no-DQ match and these guys getting a uh, little change up compared to everybody else in the tournament? I don't like it. No, no. I would have le- left it normal. And this match we got tonight needed to happen. But it would have gave them... Um, a reason and something else to do on their next confrontation. Yes, yes I felt like so, they, they did the WWE thing and did the stipulation first, and then how are you going to go back to a normal match now? Yeah, they could have did a normal match. They could have played it. They could have played into it. They could have had them, you know, maybe think about attempting some of their daredevil stuff, but then remembering, oh, fuck the rules, you know? So they put it down, put the ladder down, and go back into technical wrestling. Then at the end of it, you know, they end up shaking hands and looking at each other like, we need to do this shit the right way next time, you know, and then come back and give us a, you know, a no DQ match. But I'm not going to complain about the match we got because it was fucking amazing for the few minutes that we got it. Man. For the 11, 10 minutes we got, I mean, it was uh, it was a car crash. Uh, I would have preferred a regular one on one match. Uh, I do think that these two have a place in a feud somewhere down the line. Don't know how we get there. Don't know what it's going to entail. But uh, I would have kept this a regular match. I do feel this was a little rushed. I do feel a lot of pe- a lot of people put a lot of uh, hype into this, and I do feel that the yeah. fact that it was rushed, it did not really live up to that hype. And this match could have easily benefited from I don't want to say another ten minutes. You could have given them another five, six, seven minutes to tell a great story out there. But um, you know, people wanted a car crash because it's Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. And they don't give a shit about harming themselves, and that's what they gave you. So I guess uh, if you're into that type of thing, then uh, by all means, this was a good match to you. It was a good match, yeah. but I, I, I thought it, it honestly could have been a lot better. Yeah, I mean, psychologically, it was kind of all over the place. Like, the match started, it was like ding, 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 one wrestling move, and then Jeff Hardy was so incapacitated and so out of it that Darby had time to set up six goddamn chairs. Dude, the match just started. Yeah. It just started. So if this was the end game, I mean, then I would have had either Sting or Matt set those chairs up because how out of it is Jeff? The match just started, bro. Bro, do you want to be hit with a fucking Darby Allen uh, Suicida? Did you see the way he hit Jeff Hardy with the Suicida? Yeah, man. I've seen a lot of things that Jeff Hardy's done, and it's one wrestling move. And that dude was out and long enough for this man to set up. Darby six... Allen may have the best suicide in all of pro wrestling. Not that damn good, man. They they the, the match started and they went home. You know, like ding ding ding, set up the tables and the chairs and shit. Like, bro, bro, slow down, slow down. So yeah, they tried to they tried to fit a lot of high high impact spots in a short amount of time, which takes away from the selling capabilities of a move, man. I mean, yeah. how incapacitated are you? you the, the bell just rang, bro. Uh, listen, it, it took him out, and this was a no-DQ match. Uh, this was a stunt show. They said they were stunt men and not professional wrestlers, and that's exactly what they did. 
Uh, Darby out of the gate with a shotgun drop kick. Tope Suicida, his point of the shoulder went right into Jeff Hardy's chest. That's what Jesse, that's what Jesse is talking about. So uh, Jeff Hardy was out for a little bit here. This gave Darby Allen enough time to set up four shares on each side of each other, face to face, eight shares in total. He made a the, a chair a chair bridge right here outside on the outside of the ring. So. Jeff sent him face first into the steel steps. Jeff landed a leaping clothesline off the steps. Darby, uh, Darby drove Jeff into the ring post. Jeff hit a twist of fate over the ropes. And then he pulls out a ladder, a ridiculous ladder, a huge ladder from underneath the ring. Jeff climbed up the ladder with Darby incapacitated on the chair structure here. Darby popped up and crotched Jeff over the ropes. Darby then climbed the ladder and Jesse, he jumps off the top of the ladder, a la Jeff Hardy back in the fucking Attitude Era. He sees Jeff Hardy laid out on this on this chair bridge and does a Jeff Hardy swanton bomb off the top of the ladder, through the, ta- uh, through the chairs, through Jeff Hardy. Uh, people were asking, who took the most brunt of that one? Clearly it wasn't Jeff Hardy. Darby Allen almost fucking killed himself, jumping yeah. off a 20-foot ladder to the outside on Jeff Hardy on top of eight steel chairs. Oh God, it's so fucking scary, man. I I I didn't think he was gonna jump. I thought something was gonna happen. He's gonna come straight down into the ring. I didn't think he was gonna make that jump. He uh, did. Well, I mean, uh, Darby's usually good with that, but uh, he 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 nailed it. But he was a little off center. Yeah, he was. He blasted himself. He went through the chairs. He went through Jeff Hardy. Back in the ring, we got back in the ring somehow. Darby went for a coffin drop. Jeff moved out towards the apron, so Darby landed it on the apron. Jeff managed to move out of the way, so Darby missed the coffin drop on the apron. Jeff went for a swanton bomb onto the steel steps that were uh, pulled away from the ringside area. They were placed on its side, so Jeff went for a swanton on top of the steel steps, and he missed it. Darby avoided it. Jeff bounced off the steel steps. Darby recovered, hit the coffin drop, but the ladder was in the ring where Darby had jumped off it previously. He did the, the um, coffin drop, and Jeff cradled him out of the coffin drop and rolled him up for a one, two, three, and a crucifix, and Jeff Hardy advances to the second round of the tournament to go against Adam Cole. Cole in the Undisputed Era, or Undisputed Elite, I should say, showed up on the ramp before the end of the show, and they just stared down Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and the Hardy Boys. Uh, car crash, 10 minutes of chaos. Could have asked for a little bit more of a regular match. I don't know why we have to, uh, put Jeff Hardy in all these crazy stunts upon him being, uh, not even two months in AEW, but here we are. He advances in the tournament. I guess we'll get a, I, I guess we'll get a wrestling match next week out of Jeff Hardy against Adam Cole. I mean, he's not going to do this same shit next week against Bay Bay. So we got yeah, our I car can't. crash this week. We'll get our wrestling match next week. I say. Yeah, it's gotta be Adam Cole at this point. Cause, um, um, the Hardy's going to be tied up with the books. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, man, we had a, a very successful episode of Dynamite. And uh, next week, we got four Owen tournament matches. So, term is taking shape. It looks like Adam Cole may be on his way to the finals. We don't know who the Joker is going to be. And uh, we will see all of that next week on Wednesday. Excellent episode tonight. Don't forget, Adam Cole promised that someone from the Undisputed Elite was going to win this tournament. Yep. It may end up being him. Yep. And if it ends up being Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole in the finals, man, are you guys really going to complain about it? I know I'm not. Or, or, or Cesaro. Or, wait Claudio. a minute. Wait a minute. 
Adam Cole guaranteed us that someone from the undisputed elite was going to win this tournament. Yeah. What if Cole loses at some point and one of the Joker members becomes an undisputed elite member? Well, who would that be? I, hey, I don't know. Claudio? Why would he join the undisputed elite? Is he with them or has I been with know. them? No. No. Gargano? I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. But I didn't think about that until right now. He 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 said that someone from the undisputed elite was going to win this tournament. Yeah, him. I, I, I believe him. So and maybe he's gonna it's win, him. He's going to win the tournament. Maybe it's him. But what if it's not? Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining Jesse and I on tonight's AEW Dynamite post show. Man, we're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. I need 45 likes. If you guys are in the chat. And have not hit the thumbs up, man. 45 likes gets us to 1,000. I appreciate you guys very, very much for being here tonight. Get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out right now in just a little bit. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And the next time you see me live will be Friday after uh, Board Down, SmackDown, the worst wrestling show on TV on Friday nights. Also, get those... Wait, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, also hit that join button, guys. Become VIPs tonight on Off The Script and become a channel member. Um, going off the last thing I said, our future media in the chat says, Jay White. It's a possibility. Jay White. It's a possibility. He's, uh, he's uh, I guess he's unofficially uh, an undisputed elite member, huh? He, he, would, fit, he would fit in the storyline somewhere. So would Kenny Omega. Yeah, um, but I don't expect it to be Kenny. No, but interesting. Inter- Jay White's interesting. Jay White is uh, a very, very capable man to win that entire tournament. Yes, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, get those uh, super chats in. Michelle Moran with a two dollars super chat. J A S versus B C C with Eddie and Company. Take my f and money. Says Michelle Moran with a two dollars super chat. That's the way it certainly looks like. It's shaping up, Michelle. Very excited. Could be uh, could be blood and guts. Could be blood and guts. Tony Brown. I knew we'd hear from Tony Brown tonight, man. This was uh, the most delicious plate of booty meat that you probably have ever seen, bro. Tony Brown was happy tonight, boy. $4.99 times two, Tony Brown. He says, a delicious storm. <laughs> also, I love professional wrestling, JD. I know you do, Tony Brown. I thought about Tony Brown tonight, boy. Of course. He loves his booty meat, does Tony Brown. Mich- uh, not Michelle, uh, Michael Evans, VA, with a $20 Super Chat. Great call out on Twitter about a possible triple threat tag team match, JD. I thought the same thing as well. Looks like we have our blood and guts match. Danielson, Mox, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz versus JAS. Two great matches, it looks like we're getting there, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens at the uh, at the pay-per-view. I don't know if Tony's going to do the blood and guts at the pay-per-view or save it for a dynamite. I would save it for a dynamite. Yeah. Also, the tag team match, it looks like we're getting a triple threat match for sure, and that is very exciting. That's a great opportunity for all those guys involved. Uh, Jurassic Express uh, putting those titles on the line against Hobbs, Starks, Keith Lee, and Swerve. I think that's a great match to look out for at the pay-per-view. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Darby Allen, Jeff Adam, Dax matches of the Knights. Uh, when is Jesse's service so I can pay my respects? Cause of, de- of death, cause of death, Thunder Rosa. You guys are the worst fucking This guy's already ever. predicting your demise, bro. Joseph Taylor. 
with a five dollar super chat. You guys are the worst fucking fans. Cause ever. of death, he says. Thunder Rosa. God damn it, dude. What are you gonna do, man? Chicago. What are you gonna do? I don't know. First, I gotta get there. Well, you're lucky. Only Forbidden Door right now, maybe, maybe in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? What are you gonna do about uh? What are you gonna do about Rampage uh, this week? Um, I will be doing some personal things. Um, I will be watching. I will probably go over briefly on Friday night. Because it's a it's a four thirty show again. Yeah. So. Yep. Five thirty for me. I'll be watching it at like seven o'clock. I think I won't be watching it as it happens. All right. I might do another review. I don't know. There you go. All right. Indigo. Indigo was at the show with a $5 Super Chat. Hi, JD and Jesse. My voice is shot, but I really had fun tonight. Darby and Jeff killed it. I'll watch the review when I get home. I repped the OTS brand. Nice. That's what I love to awesome. hear, Indigo. Thank you so much, brother. Glad you had a good time, man. Long Island brought the heat tonight, for sure. Yes. Tristan with a 499 Super Chat. Willie Yuta is going to compete in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors Tournament, so he will be gone for a few weeks. Just thought I'd let you know. He's a possible winner right there, man. Possible winner, and uh, it looks like we may be getting uh, we may be getting uh, Brian and Moxley with Santana Ortiz, maybe. If if they're sending Yuta to go compete in that tournament, whether Yuta is partnered with Danielson, Moxley, Regal. They are booked with strong style wrestlers. So Uter is not going over there to fucking look like a fucking chump. No. Now he's going over there to kick some ass. Yes. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Brian Cage as the Joker would be cool as well. But he's not going to be the Joker. No. I think that would be a great match, though. Samoa Joe versus Brian Cage. Sign me up for that one. I don't... I'm, it, Brian Cage comes back and needs to fucking win. I don't want to see him come back and lose in the fucking tournament. I don't think Joe is advancing to the second round anyway. You don't think so? No, I think he gets screwed out uh, of the tournament by Jay Lethal. By Jay Lethal. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Gary, the new man with a $5 super chat. I have to thank AW for giving us 10 solid minutes of booty meats with Tony and Hater. You guys, man. You guys are fucking savages, man. I didn't say anything about the booty meat. Here you guys are watching uh, the match for uh, birthday cake reasons. <laughs> Unbelievable, you guys. Best match of the year, man. Cam G with a $20 super chat. Thank you so much, Cam G. How you doing, JD? I'm doing good, man. Red is Tony Storm's color after tonight. Also, want to thank you for all that you do and for inspiring me to be better. I'm off the script. I'm an off the scriptaholic to the end. Thank you, JD. Thank you, Cam G. I appreciate that, brother. That's the comment of the night, man. Cheers to you. Cheers to you, man. Uh, Gary the New Man. He's got a $2 super chat. Calling my shot. Men's Joker is going to be Miro. I would not uh, I would not uh, fault that, Gary. If it's Miro, I would be happy it's Miro, as would Jesse. Uh, PW Insider, Tony Schiavone announced on Rampage tonight that Sheeta was injured during the street fight and will not be able to compete in the Owen tournament. Uh, people in the chat are saying that she was replaced by Chris Statlander. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Sucks to be Sheeta, huh? Music, you turning the music up? Huh? You're turning the fucking music up. I didn't turn nothing up. It's going up when I talk. Bro, the music, I have not touched the music, man. I just turned on a different song. Uh, okay. Do you want me to lower the music? 
No, no, it was fine where it was, but when I talk, it gets louder, louder and louder. You hear my music? Yes. I don't. I didn't touch it. I'll lower it just a tad, but uh... it was weird. Like it, it sounded fine where you had it, but then when I started talking, I and you're it. not, it got louder. I didn't touch it. I think you're hearing things, man. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, you're hallucinating already before Chicago. Yeah, that's probably it's Thunderosa. Joseph Taylor with $2 Super Chat. I would like to see all out at Wembley Stadium. Joseph Taylor, you are fucking delusional, man. <laughs> AEW's not filling 80,000 seats at Wembley Stadium. No. Tenario, 128 with a $10 Super Chat. What's up, JD and Jesse? Do you think AEW will do a joint show with New Japan, Ring of Honor, AAA, or Impact, or NWA? Uh, Tenario, I don't know if you've been living in a cave somewhere, bro. They're doing uh, Forbidden Door with New Japan on uh, June 26th. Where you been, bro? Yeah. You been in a coma for the last three weeks, man? Where, where you been? Uh, I know I know, I know. SmackDown is awful, bro, but Jesus fucking Christ. Holy shit. Wake up, man. Wake, Wake up. up. Wake up. Come on. Big Hodge with a $10 Super Chat. Always support my brother's awesome show this evening. Thank you, brother. Uh, Hodge, I'll be doing that, uh, that thing this week, man. Uh, as soon as I get uh, situated, we could... Uh, do what we gotta do. I'm stressed out. RB. 065 with a five dollar super chat. I know that the wrestler of the year will go to the usual suspects, but how about a case for Dax Hardwood? He's been killing it lately. Dax is fucking great, man. He'll definitely be in the top uh something. Top 20, top 30, for sure. He's been killing it. Scenario with another $5 super chat. Also found two different Sting AW figures at Walmart. Lucky you. Every time I go to Walmart, the fucking shelves are empty, man. I haven't found one figure at Walmart in two years. Captain Solo with a $10 super chat, Captain Solo. Is EC3 signed with Ring of Honor? And do you guys foresee him ever showing up in AW? I think WWE missed the boat with him. What do you think of his control your narrative gimmick? I thought he was there was CYA. I, I don't care, bro. Captain Solo, I love you, man. I don't care about uh, EC3. <laughs> you don't care about EC3. Listen, you know, there was a, a thing going around that some uh, signing that Braun Strowman's a part of. Uh, they claimed he was an AEW talent under the name of the Titan. Can please you imagine he's the Joker TK next week, bro? Please tell me TK debunked it. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about it. Could you imagine Braun Strowman is the Joker against Samoa Joe? No, I cannot imagine that. So that would mean Ray Phoenix versus Braun Strowman. Just stop it, please. Braun Strowman may be in the finals, bro, against Adam Cole. Okay. I hope that's nothing but a fucking uh, typo there, please. Seriously? That's just... That's just... Yes, we're moving on. Yes, yes. Uh, blank your screen now, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, Hoyt Reynalda with a four-month re-up. Thank you, Hoyt Reynalda. Hey, JD. Tonight was awesome. Who is the female Joker and the guy Joker? I still can't believe Roman is out. Jesse, what do you think about Roman? What do I think about Roman? I love Roman. What do I think about him being out? For 10 weeks, yeah. I think Roman is going to do what's best for Roman and Roman's family, which is always what Roman does which is the absolute smartest thing to do. You but what is best for the titles, bro? Fuck the titles, man. Roman needs to go to Hollywood. So who 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 gets the titles? It's not Roman's problem, bro. And right now, no one really deserves them. Cody Rhodes doesn't deserve the title. You want to put Cody in a spot 
that was held down by Roman for years, and Cody just got there 15 minutes ago. I mean, it's going to have to do because they have nobody else, but I think they put all their eggs in one basket, and now they're shipping that basket off to Hollywood. That's their fucking problem. It's their problem. It's their fault. Hoyt Reynolds, thank you so much for the four months, man. Love to see the recommitment to the VIP club, man. Frank Aquilino with a 999 Super Chat. I was hoping AW started their main event at 950 with three-minute commercial breaks. It was just a bad habit. It looks like it's just the standard. It's annoying. Yeah, I, Frank, I agree with you, man. This, this, this match should have started at, le- at least 940. If you want to take a three-minute commercial break, 940, bro. Or 945 with one commercial break. The match started at 950. The, the show was fantastic. The show was action-packed. What are we cutting out to give these guys more time in the main event? Uh, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, that's probably why the match should have just been a wrestling match because they didn't really have time to do all the stuff that they did. Tonight. Yeah. Johnny Cloud 9 with a nine-month re-up. Thank you, Johnny Cloud. Haven't been in the venue in a while. That MJF segment was awesome. I'll take a double Jack and Coke and an order of Buffalo Wings. That sounds fucking great, man. Johnny Cloud, you got it, bro. Sounds great. Thank you for the nine months, man. Now I want some fucking Buffalo Wings. We got Issa. Issa with an 11-month re-up. We love Issa here. Love Issa, man. If you do not already, guys, go check out Issa. So if there is live wrestling on television, bro, and you want to know, hey, what's going on with that show? You know, what matches are going on? You know, what's the build? Tune in to Issa's channel, NYC Demon Diva. She does pre-gaming. She'll fill you in on what's the what's going on with the latest news, what matches are coming up, and what she thinks about them. Always making it fun is Issa. Always fun. And she loves a cold beverage. Buy her a drink, she'll do a shot. There you go. What a fun episode of Dynamite, she says, with something for everyone, technical wrestling, sports entertainment, and hardcore stuff. Bravo, AEW. You know it. I was very sports entertained tonight during that uh, MJF Wardlow segment. Well, that's what they do, man. They, they entertain the AEW galaxy, bro. Yes. Joey Williams with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think with the drama that has emerged with the Kota Ibushi and New Japan stuff, we finally get that match with Kenny? Also, keep up the good work, JD and Jesse. Uh, eventually, yes, I do think we see them in the ring, whether they are opponents or as the Golden Lovers. Yes. Which would be fine as well. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Put Sammy in the JAS. No. He was already with Jericho. We don't need to see it again. No, he's, you know, Jericho set him up to fly and get over and, and do great things. And he started making out with his damn girlfriend. He fucked up everything that Jericho did for him. MGM Ballin with a seven month re up. Thank you, Ballin. Hook just beat up Punk to send us Long Islanders home happy. Spoiler, spoiler. Oh, what no, an experience seeing AEW live is. It was a fucking... They didn't air it on TV. God damn it. Well, the segment's on Twitter if you guys want to see it. I'm there sure it's go. being posted everywhere. Thank you, Ballin. Uh, Brandon James Shea with a total super chat. I like Tony Storm. She is hot and sexy. Yes, Brandon, I agree with you, bro. Lucky juice, lucky juice, huh? Tommy Brand again with a four-month re-up. Thank you, brother. Awesome show, JD and Jesse. I'm really looking forward to see who the Jokers are in this Owen tournament, and Wardlow needs to beat MJF. I think uh, you will be getting your wish for double or nothing, man. Seriously. Yeah. 
Golden Boy with a $2 Super Jack. Great show tonight, guys. How was your concert, JD? I'm wearing my Symphony X hat tonight, man. I thought they were fucking fantastic. Jesse says they, uh... Jesse had some uh, not-so-flattering things to say about some of the clips I posted on social media and said the crowd was as quiet as watching Monday Night Raw. Bro, this is a bunch of 50-year-old fucking professionals playing music, man. The crowd was calm, cool, cool and collect watching uh, wizards on stage do what they do best. It's a rock concert, right? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's not, it's, it's it's a heavy metal show, but it's not metal in a form of where you're thinking where people are fucking killing each other. It, it's, well, more, not- it's more of an old school crowd that is there and watches because they are amazed at the musicianship. Well, I don't, I don't expect them to be fucking moshing and fucking throwing each other around and shit, but a rock concert, you should be fucking rocking out, man. Yes. And, and, the, just, cli- and the clip that I posted was a one minute and 30 second guitar solo. What do you want? What do you want? There? You're just watching the guy fucking shred his fucking chords and, and move his fingers lightning fast. What do you want? You want them to rock the fucking crowd, man. That, that just looked like oh, they, they rocked were it. just playing music. They rocked it. Oh, I bought myself a hoodie, a hat, and a, and a vinyl. Awesome. There you go. Uh, Anthony Olivares becomes a new member. Thank you, Anthony Olivares. He says, with a $5 Super Chat follow-up, he says, Hey, yo. With a Razor Ramon thumbnail. Or avatar. Thank you, Anthony Olivares. I appreciate you, bro. Uh, Joey Williams with a five dollar super chat. How uh, with how entertaining Dynamite was tonight, and has been since 2019. It's a head scratcher. People want them to fail, so it will be just like WWE. JD and Jesse are number one. Awesome, thank you, thank you, Joey Williams. Yes, a lot of people want to see AW fail, man. These are the people that uh, I don't th- I don't think are real human beings. They don't. I you know I don't, I don't get them. I don't want I don't want to see WWE fail. I want to see WWE get off their fucking asses and get better. So I don't get why WWE stands wants to see AEW fail. I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it, man. You're not a pro wrestling fan. If all you want, you just want WWE to exist by itself, no one else. You hate the fact that other wrestling companies even exist. That just sounds like pure fucking stupidity to me. I don't get it. Shakoy with a seven-month re-up. Thank you, brother. Hey, guys. Great stream tonight. I'm going to Megacon Orlando this year in which Adam Cole and Britt Baker are going to be there. Wish me luck. Have fun, bro. Awesome. Freebird with two $5 Super Chats. JD, for all the haters out there, I watch you multiple times over. Keep up the hard work. I'm a huge fan. Hopefully, I can meet both of you. And also, can't wait to go to Dynamite Rampage in Detroit three days after Forbidden Door. Thank you, Freebird. Uh, I don't know when uh, you will be at one of the meet and greets, bro, but we may be doing something in Chicago if I get some press. So we'll see what happens. Tenorio with a $5 Super Chat. Do you think Ring of Honor will be involved with Forbidden Door? I am not sure. Not really sure at this point yet, man. We don't know anything about Forbidden Door. Justin Stripling with a four nine nine Super Chat. I know... We were going to witness a crazy match between Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen. Also, JD, any update on season two of CNC? Um, it's coming, Justin. That's all I could ask, man. That's all I could say, man. I'm doing uh, I'm doing something this week. I was supposed to meet with Hodge this week. Uh, I'm going to be a very busy individual this week on top of all the stuff I have to do for the channel. Really? In the meantime, yeah. Wow. And uh, we will uh, we will be getting together uh, in the next couple of weeks for sure. Would you care to share with us? No. No? Okay. 
Uh, the Brown Gentleman. I believe this is 420 in Turkish currency, which was uh, equivalent to $7. Love the way MJF controlled the crowd. Apart from Punk, no one can have the crowd reactions in the palm of his hands like MJF in today's wrestling world. Love your show always. Love from in oh, it's India. There you go. India currency, man, which was the equivalent to $7. Thank you so much, Brown Gentleman. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Look at that, man. OTS. Worldwide. Oh, worldwide. Golden Boy with a $5 super chat. What do you think about Spears using the chair to Wardlow? Missing, hitting MJF, knocking him out, and then a ref runs down to make the count for Wardlow. I Maybe. Something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. I mean, normally in this case, you want to protect Wardlow, but I think they stepped over the line. You got to protect MJF here, man. And Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. WWE, he says, will be out of business before AEW fails. Uh, listen, jo Joseph Taylor, I mean, are you, uh, what are you smoking tonight, bro? Really? WWE. Now, have you been, have you, have you been, never mind Matt Riddle, but you've been hanging out with RVD, bro. Something. Guys, WWE is not going out of business, and AEW is not going to fail. No, they've if the if if AEW folded up and went away tomorrow, they've already succeeded. They've already shown the world a a, a better side of wrestling for most fans. Yeah. I'm not gonna say for everyone, but for most fans. Yes, I agree. Oh right, man, well we're, we're about to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys for the super chats, man. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. I uh, I may jump on Destiny. I got uh, I got to see this Nightfall man. What's the Nightfall weapon this week? Palindrome? It no. It's the um the AR. Yeah, the uh, duty bound. Oh, God. I already have a god. I have, I already have an adept god roll, man. I don't I don't need another one. I I need I need the fucking the triple tap, uh, four times the charm one. I got the I got the stats for all and the then the uh. Yeah, that's the one I got. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. Anyway, guys, uh, I appreciate you all for hanging out tonight, man. Uh, next time you see me, I may have an extra for you tomorrow, depending on what the news is. Uh, Friday, I will be live on uh, YouTube, as always, for SmackDown. I know nobody gives a shit about that, but uh, we may be getting unified tag team titles again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me for believing your bullshit. So we'll see what happens on Friday, but I'll be live regardless. Uh, Brandon James Shea with a $3 super chat. Cobra Kai is coming back September 9th, he says. Woohoo! There you go. I don't Join care, but Jesse's Friday. happy. Join me on Friday. I'm going to do another early edition of Rampage. There you go. I'll Shout talk about Rampage Friday night, too, but I won't be catching it live. Uh, I'll be uh, catching it around 7 o'clock before SmackDown. Awesome. Guys, go follow us on social media. Shytown Smart is Jesse. At JD from NY206 is uh, myself. Make sure you guys continue to hit that like button down below. Continue to become VIPs right here on Off The Script. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos, man. You see a bunch of clips on the channel. Go check all that stuff out from some of the top stories on the live streams during the week. Plus, all the live streams are there if you guys want extra content. And make sure you guys go and get your t-shirt, man. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off The Script. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you live Friday. I need two things before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Mustang emojis for my VIPs if you got them. As soon as you guys hear that guitar solo, man, I need that music on max. I will see you guys live Friday. Thank you so much for everything right here on Off The Script for AW Dynamite. 
Friday we'll be live in the venue for SmackDown. I'll see you guys later.